0: Welcome to the commander theory podcast i'm nick beatman and i'm here with my friend zach mack hey everybody so we have a lot to get through oh man
1: yeah this is gonna be a big episode
0: yeah uh this is the first week of commander legends spoilers there have been dozens of new commanders
1: it's it's, yeah it's it's gonna be big
0: going to be a big one, uh, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that we, we could not have gotten through all these spoilers were it not for the help of our good friend of the show, Alex Whiteclay. Um, he's been helping us churn out deck lists, uh, put some good analysis on all these new commanders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really appreciate his help to get through this. Before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you Head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory. You can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Um, When we talk about the partners in this episode, we're going to go over some general tech for the partner within its color identity. Then we'll be talking about the other partners that synergize with it particularly well. And then we'll be talking about the benefits offered by other colors. That's going to be the structure we'll go through as we go through it, we, we may mention partners that we haven't yet discussed. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll try to briefly explain why they're good, um, but there's not a great way to handle that. Yeah, okay. sorry, everybody. Uh, let's just jump right into the commanders. We're going to talk about all of the new commanders spoiled in the past week. Yes, um, get ready. Yes. Get uh, ready. Uh, and then we'll be going into the main deck cards that we've seen in the past week. So we'll start with Arden, Intrepid Archaeologist. Two and a white for a 2 2 legendary creature core scout. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to target permanent or player. And it has partner. So, just at the base level, this guy seems like he's going to save you a huge amount of mana on equipments that have like low casting costs and high equip costs. Some of the things that come to mind are like Blackblade Reforged. Um two cost, three to equip a legendary creature, seven to equip a non-legendary creature, uh, and it gets plus one plus one for each land you control. Seraphic Greatsword is a new card, which we'll go into more detail on later. Blade of Selves, two to play, four to equip, gives equipped creature myriad, which means when it attacks, you copy it for each opponent's attacking. Those copies are also attacking.
1: Yeah, they, they enter the battlefield, they hit players, all that all the good stuff.
0: Yeah, and then you exile them. Um colossus hammer a single mana equipped creature loses flying gets plus 10 plus 10 has equipped for eight and spellbinder which is a three cost equipment equipped four um it has imprint so when it enters the battlefield you can imprint in uh, an instant from your hand onto the card and then whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player you can copy that imprinted spell so all of those seem like great opportunities to save a bunch of mana the idea of going like Colossus Hammer, Seraphic Greatsword, Arden, equip them both. That's pretty appealing.
1: Yeah, it's a huge mana saver, like especially if you're focusing on these like big mana equip costs, which is always kind of like the downfall to a lot of equipment. There's like a lot of equipment that could have been awesome, but it just is too much mana, especially in like the colors that typically want you to play equipment. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Okay, well, I I am white red or mono white or something and eight is a lot to ask for to like put this thing i already cast onto my other thing i already cast like yeah it's just a lot so this is uh yeah this is great this kind of lets a lot of equipment become viable
0: and then of course there are some other fun things you can do like notice that it says permanent or player so rather than just equipping like putting equipment on a creature you could also do things like moving curses around one of yeah. the downsides of playing Curses is that when somebody dies from your Curses, those Curses just drop off and go to the graveyard. But if you like use your Curses to really weaken someone and then shift them onto someone else, um, you can get a lot more use out of them. So I think that's an interesting application for this guy. What are some of the synergistic partners that work particularly well with yes. Arden?
1: Yeah, so with these partners, we're going to try and mention some that we thought of that would be uh, fun or work pretty good. I mean, the first one is Tana, the Bloodsower. Being able to just make a crap ton of saplings when you put a Colossus Hammer on her, that's pretty good. Bruce Tarl, uh, again, like getting double strike on the attacks or like casting Bruise the turn after you've played Arden and getting double strike on something, pretty good. Jessica, so the um, new... well. We'll we'll go well, into we'll her into more into later, it. but so just remember that like some of these cards we're gonna mention and we'll talk about more
0: later. But yeah, we, we there's, there's not like a good. great way to do it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's not like we should like be like, and here's Jessica, and then here's this one, and jump around. So you'll you'll just have to have to wait around. Yeah, and, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, she's good because she triples the damage dealt yes. by one of your creatures to an opponent. Yes,
1: that is that is why. Um, and then the other one is uh, Elena. So you. Can just make your like newest creature uh really big by putting some equipment on it. We talked about Elena at our like first e- look. Yeah, I think Legends we episode. are all
0: the all the first look guys, we are gonna do a quick refresher on them just because yeah. it has been so long but with the delay in, in the start of spoiler season. Um but Elena taps for an amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you that entered the battlefield under your control this turn. So dropping some creature. Throwing a bunch of... Or, like, getting a free equip on them, making them huge, and then tapping a Lena for a ton of mana seems like it could be good. It yeah. Keeps you from having to, like, actually invest in large creatures. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so benefits offered to Arden by other colors. Blue will give you... Like control magic effects and yeah. then you have the ability to move your control magic effects onto the the best creature on the table
1: yeah i i actually really like that one like just the fact that these negative auras the fact that they can just be moved around like that is actually really rad
0: yeah similarly um imprisoned in the moon you can just lock down some offending permanent and then if something even scarier comes along you can just swap it around black gives you access to some of those powerful curses if you wanted to make that build Um, And it also gives you access to Lucille that Mm -hmm, new mm -hmm. legendary equipment from the walking dead that um, has a cheap casting cost, but a high equip cost and a pretty powerful effect. Green gives you access to song of the Dryads and lignify. So again, some of that imprisoning the moon being able to continually shift like where your, your lockdown auras are.
1: Yeah. So all in all, like a really cool card. I'm kind of, very happy with most of the partners especially the uncommon ones we've seen and we'll get you're you're obviously going to get more of them but they did a really cool job of like focusing them and i'm very happy about that
0: yeah definitely what i kind of hope to get out of this set was um a lot of unique commanders that offer new archetypes yeah um and it seems like they're really delivering on that
1: yeah it seems like they definitely learned their lesson from the first time yeah
0: (laughs) Right.
1: Um, yeah, can I get through this guy real quick? Sure. This is the next, uh, this is an uncommon white partner, Keleth Sunmare Familiar. They are a 1-1 one, one horse for one and a white. Whenever a commander you control attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it and they have partner. Kellith is basically a cheap plus one plus one counter enabler. There's not too many partners that really want that. Um, so there's not like as much tech as Arden got above Basically, uh, synergistic partners would be like Rayhan. Uh, so Rayhan is one of the old partners, like three mana, like one green, black, for zero zero enters with three counters on her. And then when a creature you control with plus one, plus one counters die, you can like move them to another creature. Whenever Rayhan attacks, you can get more counters and blah, blah, blah. So that's like an Abzen counters list.
0: And we have a deck list that we'll be posting in the show notes. Yes. Um- by our good friend alex white clay that gives you sort of an example of how to pull that off yes
1: and one of the things i like about this because we do have AbZen like plus one plus one counters uh we have like gave uh we have yannick and akira now from the last big commander drop big commander set the difference i think between this deck and that is the the curve like this is a two mana commander and a three mana commander and just like you get going pretty fast um and then you're in Abzan, so like if you do get Wrath, there's stuff to do about it. You're you're not just like stuck in the woods, so mm-hmm. it's good. So this is a uh, Livio Oath Sworn Sentinel, a two-two human knight for one and a white. Uh they have one white, choose another target creature. Its controller may exile it with an Aegis counter on it. So note that there's no tap symbol there. And then two white, tap, return all exiled cards with Aegis counters on them the battlefield under their owner's control Then he has partner and i do want to say i did not realize he had partner when i first saw him and i was like wow this is just so much mana and then I, he has partner and now i kind of i kind of love him mm-hmm. do you want to get into this guy
0: sure livio allows you to build a partner or, or allows you to build a blink deck in any color and there are there's some combos that are enabled by his abilities so village bell ringer is a really solid card in his deck um, because it will allow you to untap Livio, and that'll make it a little bit easier to combo off with him. If you were to add, say, blue to this deck with a blue partner, you would get access to things like Great Whale, Palancron, and then if you get one of those on the battlefield, a Village Bellringer or similar effect, maybe like a Pester mite or, or a Deceiver Exarch, then you can use Livio and pretty much just go off and get infinite blinks going. Black gives you some useful effects one nice thing about Livio is that you can activate his ability in response to ETB effects so if you have like a fiend hunter entering the battlefield or a leon and relic Order entering the battlefield you can exile it with their uh, ETB ability on the stack get their leaves ability and then whatever they targeted it goes away forever
1: that's yeah it's so cool it's so good
0: yeah it is a little bit mana intensive yeah but that's a sweet option And then black has a lot of similar cards. It has like Faceless Butcher, other Nightmare Horrors that do something when they enter the battlefield and then reverse it when they leave. But of course, you can just do this to fun stack tricks. Red will give you access to like Priest of Urbrax, Emrakul's Hatcher, some mana, basically creatures that generate mana when they enter the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And that'll make it easier for you to combo off. Finally, green is really useful because it has great oak guardian to untap livio help you get that going and then mana dorks so if you have enough mana dorks livio and a great oak guardian you can exile the great oak guardian return it and then great oak will untap all your mana dorks and livio and hopefully you can you're back where you started probably with a large increase in power among your dudes
1: yeah that one actually I I really did not think great oak guardian would become the combo card that I've used it as over Mm -hmm. the years i always just was like okay this is cool combat trick i guess because it's like six mana
0: yeah no but untapping all your dudes is just huge especially in that color
1: yeah so crazy again like another really cool partner it like lets you build into an archetype of a color combination of your choice that probably didn't really exist before and that's great this next one is prava of the steel legion A 1-4 cat soldier for 2 and a white. As long as it's your turn, creature tokens you control get plus 1, plus 4. Then uh, she has the activated ability. 3 white, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token, and of course has partner. So, I mean, I think the two biggest synergistic cards are like Angelic Chorus and like Proper Burial.
0: So Angelic Chorus is three white-white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to its toughness. So whenever a token enters the battlefield, you're going to be gaining at least five life. Um,
1: Mm. And then proper burial is whenever a creature dies. So it's going to be kind of the same thing. You're going to be gaining at least five life whenever a creature dies. And that adds up really quickly if you just have a bunch of dorks Sitting around the table.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk for a second about synergistic partners. The one that really stands out is Ikra Shidiki, the Usurper. Ikra Shadiki is 3 black green for a 3-7 Naga wizard with menace. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So if all of your creatures are minimum, or all of your tokens at least, are minimum 5 toughness, uh, this is just going to be an enormous life swing every single turn. And by giving you access to green and black, you suddenly um, are able to put Doran, the Siege Tower, in your deck, actually get some benefit off of that those big butts. And then, of course, like green also gives you access to Assault Formation, Watley, the Sun's Heart, uh, additional ways to make your guys hit equal to their toughness, mm-hmm. and then Tristani, Celestia's Voice, as an additional copy of Angelic Chorus. Um, but there's some other benefits offered by other colors. What what other colors can support this?
1: Yeah. If you want to jump into blue, you get things like High Alert and Training Grounds. So High Alert is basically the same as Assault Formation, but it's just kind of on the card. It's one white-blue enchantment. Each creature you control assigns its combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Creatures you control can attack as though they didn't have a defender, and it has two white-blue untapped target creature training ground is uh, one blue for an enchantment activated abilities of permanence you control cost two less to activate and this can't reduce it to less than one generic both of these are good one of them lets you kind of spit out tokens with uh prava's activated ability and the other one uh lets them just hit like a truck (laughs) and that's pretty good um there's also and this is probably if (laughs) this is my favorite kind of with this because it's so funny and it is good so if you are in red uh you get access to manichi the Fevered dream manichi the Fevered dream is a one two spirit for two and a red uh and has the activated ability one and a red switch each creature's power and toughness until end of turn so uh you can kind of attack in look at what blocks are and then just like boom they're got a lot of got a lot of face now not a lot of booty which is hilarious We kind of mentioned for green a lot of the the sweet tech you get from there. So, yeah, there's a lot to do with Prava again. So a lot of these white partners have been really, really killing it. Like really, really adding a lot to the format, which is exactly what I wanted to see out of this set.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: All right. uh, Moving on to the next commander. This is Radiant Sarah Archangel. Six and a white for a six-four angel with flying. Tap another untapped creature you control with flying. Radiant gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. She also has partner. This is mm, not not ideal.
1: This is the first clunker, everybody. So Radiant. This is the second time we've seen her, and the first time was not uh, not too much to talk about either. But this time they had an excuse because they knew people wanted to play her in commander. <laughs> So kind of a bummer, uh, the fact that she only has six power, kind of a bummer.
0: S- seven power commanders is just like
1: it's especially four seven in white. Like you got you have a six four flyer for seven. What what could have just been a seven four flyer? Yeah, could just you could, and then it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't have been anything to write home about but it would have been fine.
0: Yeah, at the return clock. Yeah,
1: so, okay. Sorry, Radiant. Your art's really good, though, if you get a chance to look at this card. You probably will. It's an uncommon. Yeah, basically the only real thing you can do with this is, like, play flyers and tap down creatures. Uh, It's a useful way to tap down inspired creatures uh, if that's something you want to do. There's not too many of them, Um but it does let you do that without having to attack with them. That's kind of it.
0: Let's move on to the next one. What's the next, Commander?
1: Yeah, so this is Rebek, Architect of Ascension, a 3-4 human artificer for three and a white. Artifacts you control have protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts you control, and they have partner. So I think it it was Yggdrasil in our Discord was like, I never thought I'd see artifacts you control twice in the same sentence <laughs> and if i'm wrong or discard you can all you all have permission to yell at me but this is actually pretty rad it seems to work really well with artifact creatures since the creatures get more benefit from more of them there they have more protection the one downside is they can't be equipped super good but i don't know if you necessarily care about doing that uh if that is the line you're going to be taking
0: yeah this is definitely something i want to play test with mm-hmm. like the protection is nice in terms of evasion and dodging spot removal but rebeck herself isn't able to dodge spot removal so yeah. that could lead to blowouts and it doesn't really protect you against board wipes which is the thing i'm more concerned about
1: yeah exactly a long time ago i had a sidri galvanic genius list and it was basically a combo list this would have been something that i I probably would have played rebeck and another like silas rain or something like that for that list instead just because like she protects the co- if i have like five other artifacts in play more likely than not you're not gonna have like a one two three four five mm-hmm. cmc spell that like you're probably not gonna have a zero and a six plus spell that interacts with what i'm doing so i, I probably would have ended up doing something like that it is interesting i Kinda of like you said, want to play test with this or see what other people come up with because who knows how good this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Synergistic partners, Akiri Lineslinger. You're gonna be playing a bunch of artifacts anyway. So Akiri gets bigger. She is a zero-two for red white, and her power is equal to the number of artifacts you control. She also has some evergreen keywords. And then Silas Ren, like I mentioned, is a two-two death touch for one blue black. And then whenever he deals combat damage to an opponent. Uh, you can cast an artifact from your grave. So both of those, there's some original partners, both a little bit artifact-centric and give you access to colors that care about the things that Rebek is probably also caring about. And then the last thing, benefits offered by other colors. So Wraths, you don't have protection from, but Earthquake, woo! So uh, Earthquake effects will let you to set up CMCs. So like, let's say uh, you have a six-mana artifact you can kind of cast a six mana earthquake and your guys are totally chill and the rest of the board presumably is ravaged and you can kind of swing in. So that is really cool. Other than that, it's basically what color artifacts you want to play with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one other thing I want to mention in terms of tech for this deck. I kind of like liquimetal Metal Coating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just as a way to turn Rebecca into an artifact at instant speed so she can dodge spot removal. That that's, actually, that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah.
1: So can I read off this next guy? Sure. So this is, I'm assuming it's Brynlin the Moon Kraken because
0: Brian and uh, Oh, water. I was reading it in my head as Brynlin. But... I
1: was too, but then as I was about to say it, I'm like, oh, it's probably Saltwater, right? Like, because yeah. Brynlin sounds prettier. Mm-hmm. Brian lynn i don't know so you be the judge at home uh, i'm gonna say Brian lynn the moon kraken for now uh, it is a six eight kraken for six blue blue when Brian lynn the moon kraken enters the battlefield or whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost six or greater you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand and has partner so hmm wow uh that's a that's a lot of mana. Yeah, the average deck, especially when it comes to blue, doesn't have too many sp- spells that are are six EMC or greater these days. Mm-hmm. This this card really reminded me of like circa 2011 commander as opposed to 2020 commander.
0: All right, here's a here's a goof though. Mm-hmm. So there are very few time warp effects that cost six or more. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like Walk the Eons and. Um, like time stretch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's probably for this purpose It's probably just going to be walk the eons but you walk the eons bounce your Ar- or your archaeomancer to your hand oh yeah mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. use brinolin as your bounce engine for your combo
1: that is really funny i know it also works pretty well with like balancron and great whale i know for a fact Ooh, that's, that's good that's not the only time that i'm going to say that today <laughs> there's a few <laughs> of these cards that work really good with Balancron and great whale. we already mentioned one actually the the white flicker partner there's also just like big guys that don't cost as much specifically like artifact creatures. So like metalwork Colossus gets a discount based on like how m- the CMC of your artifacts in play. So it costs a lot, but like you don't actually end up paying a lot. Micasynth Golem is kind of the same. It has affinity for artifacts. And uh, in general, the cards that have affinity for artifacts are not going to cost you what they say. The price tag's a little bit lower. So in that regard, like myrhenforcer and Spire Golem also have affinity One of them has affinity for islands, and they can kind of, like, bounce each other, get you a bunch of triggers, don't really have to work too hard there. You just kind of have to have a board, and I'm assuming you'll have, like, a Dreamstone Hedron or some heinous mana rock to get your eight mana commander out, so you're a Metalwork Colossus and... Mycosynth golem and all these guys should be uh not too difficult to get out and get moving with
0: yeah i just wish it was a bit cheaper like
1: yes oh for sure
0: it's one of those commanders that needs to be on the battlefield for your deck to do its thing and to not be able to start the game until turn eight
1: it's really brutal yeah i i thought we were going to get some kind of sea monster tribal and technically it works really well with sea monsters but not in the way that casting a leviathan and bouncing a permanent is not necessarily the greatest line of play you could do with yeah this.
0: i mean Unsummon has like been clearly pegged at a one mana effect for decades yes so it's that's not exactly the kind of bonus i want to get for committing six mana or more to a card
1: yeah so it's it's fine there's stuff to do with it and uh the caveat being with all of these partner commanders i'm assuming we're gonna see more tech just as the dust settles and people kind of have time to actually process all of Mm -hmm. these things. I think that brings us to our next commander.
0: Yes, uh, this one is a pretty spicy one. Mm -hmm. Elegeth Crossroads Augur. Four blue blue for a five six Sphinx with flying. If you would scry a number of cards, draw that many cards instead. And it has partner. Scry comes at a very cheap price. It's crazy the amount of cards you can draw off of some of these effects. Yeah, like not,
1: it's an embarrassment of riches.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to read all of these off, but there are multiple cards that become one mana draw three cards yeah. <laughs> with Elgeth on the battlefield. So it's it's just crazy the amount that you are able to draw with this guy. And there's, in addition to just like going for insane value, it's pretty easy to combo out in that scenario. Mind over matter being the one of the key combo pieces. So if you, because pretty much every card that you're drawing or every card that you're casting draws more cards than it's cmc you are able to go up mana as you cast all these card draw spells
1: and then you then you probably win with Thassa's oracle or something yeah it's kind of like, that's kind of the guess because like what what do i do with all these yeah cards what do i my do so
0: large with my entire deck in my hand mm-hmm. you'll figure it out but, i mean let's talk a bit about synergistic partners who works well with this
1: yeah, so, I mean, the, the first one, he just literally has scry in his text box. It's Thrasios. He gives you access to green and just bare minimum. You have nothing else going on. You can draw some cards with Thrasios uh, instead of just, like, scrying with Thrasios. The other one is Kaidel. If you are drawing a ton of cards with all of these cheap effects, Kaidel ends up making a just metric crap ton of mana Mm -hmm. so especially with mind over matter if you're like discarding cards to untap permanence you can be like tap kaidel for like seven draw a bunch of cards untap kaidel tap kaidel for 11 or something like 13 all of a sudden you're just taking off it becomes easy mode to really like finish the game Mm -hmm.
0: and (laughs) kaidel is also useful just for helping you ramp out uh, yeah,
1: get Elegith out in the first place. Yeah. Because she costs four and he costs six. And you can imagine that a lot of these cards drew cards on top of scrying also, mm-hmm. which is... That's, that's pretty good. So you end up making a lot of mana with Kaidel even when Elagath isn't here to really like take off, just launch into outer space. And then there are some other colors that also can benefit. White has some efficient scryers and ways to protect Elegith when you're scrying. There's just tons of white protection, and uh, I really have been a proponent of, like, please give white more scry. If you're going to make it hard to draw cards, at least let me pick what cards I draw. Mm -hmm. Um, Green, this deck needs ramp really, really badly. Like, you want to get to six so you can just take off, and it's just so much easier to take off with a six mana commander if you can reliably ramp up to six, which green is pretty good at. There's also some other like green-blue cards that you get access to that scry really well. So Reason to Believe, it's an Aftermath card. The front side is scry three for like a blue. Yeah. Wow. Um, the other one is uh, Tel uh, Justice.
0: It's one in a green uh, Destroy target Artifact scry two. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for an instant. Track down is one in a green for Sorcery. Scry three, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature or land card, draw a card potentially four cards
1: yeah potentially two mana. yeah which is uh it's a pretty good rate yeah. it's pretty insane so and i and, and, oh got it's just so so cool so this card in particular so elegeth just chef's kiss great job expecting to see this with a bunch of other colors and just really see what people do with it
0: yeah there's one other color i want to mention which is if you are playing black if you have a black partner oh yeah then uh you can run bolus's citadel and this is like perfect deck for for bolus's citadel yeah that's true you're just naturally running all of these cheap scry effects which is exactly what you need in order to keep those lands off the top of your library and keep you from whiffing so you can just use bolus's citadel as your combo engine instead of mind over matter
1: that's really cool any card that turns like Sigiled starfish into an all-star or like crystal ball draw two cards it's like that's insane this is ghost of ramirez de pietro So, sweet throwback. A 2-3 Spirit Pirate for 2 and a blue. Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro can't be blocked by creatures with toughness 3 or greater. Whenever Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro deals combat damage to a player, choose up to one target card in a graveyard that was discarded or put there from a library this turn. Put that card into its owner's hand. Uh, And then, obviously, partner. We will have a deck list for this guy up. I uh, know... That uh, Alex Whiteclay was working on it and he's obviously, he's, he's work You're doing too much. <laughs> you're, you're working too hard. You're helping us too much. Um, So I will probably put that in next week. Probably we'll probably put in some show notes or something. This is a naturally evasive creature that uh, helps you recur things you've milled or discarded. Uh, it lets you use self mill to just power out a like build your own card selection engine. Elegath obviously we just talked about uh can kind of do that better more powerfully but this begins uh many turns earlier being that it's three mana um you could also use it as like a cycling kind of get your uh, cake and eat it too cycle a card hit them with ramirez and get the card back so kind of getting a little bit of extra value there so that's kind of it on the surface for just blue things you can do with the ghost of ramirez first i want to say that like this is not the only pirate partner we got we'll talk about that more as we get to more pirate commanders there's not necessarily a partner commander that like super synergizes with the what like sit Kondo, maybe i was like black gives you access to more self mill and stuff like that but there's not necessarily like crazy stuff so like in white if you do want to go the white route you get astral slide and astral drift Uh, so if you do want to go the cycling route that's a cool kind of suite of cards you can play with uh, black, you get entomb, corpse connoisseur, buried alive, self mill effects. All of these kind of offer you really good card selection if you can get in there with the ghost of Ramirez to Pietro. And then red, you get like rummaging and looting. So if you want to do like a blue red kind of looting deck, you uh can end up in a, in a pretty good spot where like you're discarding cards, but your hand is kind of always full. Um that one kind of reminds me more of, like, a fair Riel the Everwise, where, like, the first time you discard cards in a turn, you put them back in your hand, and your power is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. So, this kind of seems like you can build your own real list, but instead of just being completely busted, you kind of have a little bit more table play and uh, interact with people. So, definitely an interesting card, I would say. Not, like, the most powerful thing we've seen in, honestly... That's great. Every time we see one of these cards that lets you just play... The fact that I can like talk about Astral Slide and Astral Drift with like this guy... Okay, thank you. Like, Just not an immediate powerhouse staple that I have to throw into every list. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's amazing. Do you want to talk about this next partner?
0: Yes. Uh, I like this one a lot. Yes. This is Malcolm, Keen-Eyed Navigator. Two and a blue for a 2-2 Siren Pirate with flying. Whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents... You create a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage. It has partner. So, we have a deck list for this. We will be posting it in the show notes. In terms of benefits offered by other colors, I think it's pretty much mandatory to pair this with Vile Smasher. You really need access to both black and red because there are so few pirates and especially so few good ones. So, if you want to fill out your deck, you're going to need a full Grixis color identity. There are some really sweet pieces of tech for this deck that work just because it it specifies damage rather than combat damage. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now I want to say this is not the only pirate that we get that's worded very generously, mm-hmm. which is like pirates need it. They need the help.
0: Yes. The the two synergistic cards that stick out. The first is Lightning Rig Crew, two and a red for a zero five goblin pirate tap. Lightning Rig Crew deals one damage to each opponent. And whenever you cast a pirate spell, untap Lightning Crew. So you tap it, so funny. <laughs> you get three treasures. You can spend those treasures to cast a pirate. If it, that pirate costs three or less, you're back where you started, except you're just getting free mana for your pirates and dealing a bunch of damage to your opponents.
1: Yeah, bet you never thought you'd play Lightning Recru in a Recru. <laughs> right. <commander deck.
0: laughs> Absolutely. Another really sweet one. God, this one's very powerful. Glint Horn Buccaneer.
1: It's like straight up. Busted when combined with Malcolm too. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's
0: perfect. Yeah. Uh so Glinthorn Buccaneer is one red red for a two-four minotaur pirate with haste. Whenever you discard a card, Glinthorn Buccaneer deals one damage to each opponent, and you can pay one in a red and discard a card to draw a card. And you can only activate that ability if Glinthorn Buccaneer is attacking. So you swing with Glinthorn Buccaneer, you pay two, discard a card, you draw a card, you deal one to each opponent, generate three treasures and basically you're up a treasure on each of those times you can basically perfectly stack your hand generate a ton of treasure kill most if not all of your opponents yeah. just based on like the variance between their life totals so it's uh it's pretty good, good.
1: it's pretty good i'd say that's uh, strong. Yeah. It's a strong the strong interaction there yeah. yeah malcolm is so cool like the fact that before this the only real pirate deck we had if it wasn't changelings
0: it was Beckett, uh, Brass, Beckett Brass, and we complained about her a lot, that this pirate deck is actually pretty sweet. Yeah,
1: this one rips. It's it, so cool. Yeah,
0: it has the combo potential, and even just, like, the fair gameplay is pretty solid, because yeah. there's so many evasive pirates, um, it's just in, like, doing some gold fishing with this list, it was pretty easy for me to go, like, turn two, evasive pirate, turn three, Malcolm, um, or maybe, like, t- even sometimes, like, turn one, evasive pirate, turn two, evasive pirate, Malcolm... And then just like always, have two mana up on my opponent's turns for mm. counter spells and interaction. So it's a great way to like give you allow you to spend most of your mana building up your board, but still being able to hold up mana for those like counter spells to stop your opponent's board wipes. Yeah,
1: exactly. It lets you be really reactive, uh, but also you're playing with a bunch of pirates, and that's great. Like, finally, I don't have to feel bad playing like these. Little goobers mm-hmm. that like didn't do much on their own. This is it's amazing. So there is a list we're gonna put in the show notes. Uh, it is Malcolm and Vile Smasher. So Vile Smasher, the famous, the infamous, the one red, black for a two, three goblin, something like that. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't just really matter. The colors. It's just like the first time you cast a spell on the turn, you randomly hit someone for the CMC of that spell. Literally doesn't matter. It's just so that you have a three color pirates list. Uh, notable though that you really only need red to make the Glinthorn Buccaneer work, and when we get into the red red pirates, uh, so, oh sorry, sp- spoiler alert, there's some red partner pirates and they're pretty good. Um, but I think we should get to the last blue partner for the day. Yep, it's not too much to say about her.
0: Uh, so this is Siani, Eye of the Storm, three in a blue for a three two Jin Monk with flying. Whenever Siani attacks, scry X, where X is the number of attacking creatures with flying. And she has partner. Um, well, it's in terms of synergistic partners, the the most obvious one is Elgath, Agar the Crossroads, Siani lets you scry. Elegeth rewards you greatly for scrying.
1: I think the the idea with this is that like the limited list is the radiant and Siani, like white blue flyers and like the if you were to draft commander legends and stuff like that. And I think th- that's one of the reasons radiant isn't super good. We're gonna get some of these partners that. They really, really targeted them at like a limited power level, and again, I'm like super happy about that. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want them to just like crank it. There are some that they cranked it. We're gonna talk about some that are strong, mm-hmm. but the fact that like Siani is kind of a miss here for me. Like I'm totally fine. Blue, yeah, didn't, blue didn't need more. <laughs> this this is great. This it, is fine.
0: Yeah, later on, there's a guy we're gonna talk about who has um, man, the ratio of toughness <laughs> to mana cost on this guy. <laughs>
1: infinite infinite (laughs) um but we get into the black guys now so our first one is armix filigree thrasher armix is a three two golem for two and a black whenever armix filigree thrasher attacks wait
0: sorry what is what are his card types
1: oh yes this is important this is a legendary artifact creature golem a black artifact creature armix has whenever they attack you may discard a card When you do target creature defending player controls gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control, plus the number of artifacts in your graveyard. And then they obviously have partner. I mean, I really don't have too much to say about this. It's kind of a value commander so far. It works with artifacts really well and uh, discard outlets are good. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this.
0: Not much, just that there aren't currently a, a ton of discard outlet commanders I really like this one. It it synergizes well with a few good Madness cards in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can't wait to drop a big game hunter off of this, get oh, the double yeah. kill. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it just seems like a, a sweet addition to the format. It works well with um, Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro because it is a discard outlet you can immediately rebuy whatever you um Oh, well, that's true. You drop. And it does work well with uh, some of the artifact synergy partners that we've also seen in the set. Yes,
1: definitely. Definitely like that, too. I like that they're giving these little engines to put together so like i this is an artifact it cares about artifact and it's a discard outlet perfect like let me go crazy with that that's like what what all these old commanders people really talk about like back in my day like this is exactly what i want yeah
0: and there's another partner we'll be talking about in a little bit that is very very good at making artifacts yes that's a good combo too yep yep but moving on the next commander is Keskit, the Flesh Sculptor. Two and a black for a 1-3 Human Artificer. Tap, sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put two of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. And has partner. What What do you think you're going to run with this guy? You
1: have to sack a lot to draw these cards. So, I mean, the easiest thing is things that just come back. So that means we're running our our classic, our reassembling skeletons, our blood gas, things that create tokens. So you got your pawn of Ulamog, you got your um, sifter of skulls, sifter of skulls. You got your um, uh, Sengir autocrats. You got just things that come down, make tokens, and or come back really easy. That way you can kind of each turn make sure you're getting those two extra cards um, and fill up your graveyard.
0: Yeah, and other death triggers, of course, are, are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Grave packed, dictative Erebos.
1: Uh, honestly, like Mind Slicer with this guy seems so good because yeah. you just like you come back so much faster than anyone else on oh, the board. Yeah. It's so crazy. Everyone loves a good Mind Slicer, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone listening at home. So it just the fact that this is such a good card advantage engine at like a really reasonable mana cost is great. I'm super happy with this guy. It kind of lets you add in a lot of cool colors with the partner so um synergistic partners we got ramirez de pietro again kind of sack some stuff if you wanted one of them get in there again get it back silas Wren. you're sacking artifacts or sacking creatures silas Wren lets you cast them again and then uh from the original spoils we got Sengir the dark baron uh, as a refresher is a 4-4 flying vampire noble for four and two black so six cmc Whenever another creature dies, put two plus one plus one counters on Sungear Dark Baron. Whenever another player loses the game, you gain life equal to that player's life total as the turn began. Sungear gets huge when you pair it with Keskit and you're just sacking your board and then presumably helps you kill people and gain a bunch of life back and stuff. So uh, that's something you can do. Is there anything you want to
0: add? Nope. I think we can move on to the next one. We just briefly read this guy off. So, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Sengir the Dark Baron. We've talked about him before. Um, there's not a ton of opportunities for synergy. There is a little bit with Rehan because Sengir the Dark Baron does get counters as creatures die. Um, Retribution of the Ancients seems good with him, which is yeah. a single mana for uh, an enchant or single black mana for an enchantment. Pay black and remove X plus, plus one counters from a creature you control. Target creature goes minus X minus X until end of turn. So there's a little bit of a feedback loop there where you yeah. can just kill all the small creatures on the board
1: yeah it seems seems pretty good but yeah can, not too much more to say about that
0: yeah we can move on to uh you want to get into this sure uh so Tevish thought is a planeswalker commander he is four and a black for a four loyalty planeswalker plus two create two zero one black thrall creature tokens plus one you may sacrifice another creature or planeswalker and If you do, draw two cards, then draw another card if the sacrificed permanent was a commander. Minus 10, gain control of all commanders. Put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, And then it can be your commander and has partner.
1: Yes, so people uh, lost their mind when they saw this. Like, There's a lot of people that don't like Planeswalkers commanders, and then the fact that he also has partner, people were upset about. But honestly, he's fine. Uh, let's say you do, uh, well, I'll get to that later. We'll talk about like synergistic colors. Um, and one of the reasons I think that he's pretty fair, but yeah, cost five immediately has two plus abilities, uh, get two thralls and get two loyalty. So like kind of gums up the board, gets hard to attack, but also gives you fuel for himself. So like, let's say someone does mind slicer. You can play Tevesh Sot, make some thralls next turn, plus one to sack a thrall and draw some cards. In general, Sat isn't doing anything that mono-black commanders weren't already doing. So it's not like he's opening up new space for black decks in general. But I don't know. If you're into that, then this is... here. Here's another cool guy for you. Um, synergistic partners. We got Tana the Bloodsower. Again, Like you get in there, you get some sapperlings. Sapperlings are really good sack fodder, so you can draw a bunch of cards. Or Ravos. So if you are sacking creatures you can get them back on your upkeep with Ravos's uh, upkeep trigger which is return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand and then the minorest buff to your thralls so now they're one twos instead of zero ones <laughs> not uh, honestly I would not run it for that reason I would run it for the first reason but it gives you access to white whereas Tawny gives you access to red and green so you get kind of in a jund hit them sacrifice thing going on um, and that's That is what it is. I don't really have too much to say about that. Mm -hmm. Other color benefits: if you do add blue to this, you get a lot of proliferate cards and deep glow skate. Deep glow skate when it enters the battlefield, double the number of counters on stuff you pick, uh, like what stuff gets doubled. And then green, and this is one of the reasons why I think this guy is like fair. This was like what like really sealed it for me. You do get more proliferate. You get like evolution sage and stuff, but you also get doubling season and the fact that this guy comes down with a doubling season out and can't immediately ult is like, oh, okay, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, the, it's very obvious they knew that that was a possibility. They balanced him around that. I think Tevesh Sot is merely going to be a good commander, uh, even if I'm not excited that he
0: exists. It's kind of funny that Tevesh Sot and Keskit are in the same set because they're, like, so clearly playing in the same space, yeah. sacrificing fodder and drawing cards. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, I guess you can partner them with each other for yeah, you the mega synergy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's just they wanted that archetype to work, so they put Keskit at Uncommon. And if you get the Ongo Boingo pack with the mythic Devesh sat in it, then you can still make the archetype work mm-hmm. with a a slightly splashier commander. But I'm, splashy's it's a little overrated,
0: it's
1: <laughs> fine um but yes so the next partner uh, we are in red partners and this is one that we've talked about before uh we mentioned it at the top of the episode with some of the white cards this is alena kesig trapper really briefly alena is a 4-3 human scout for four and a red she has first strike and tap add an amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn we mentioned kind of at the top with i have to learn all the names again with arden the uh, intrepid archaeologist so when it's combat you can equip a bunch of stuff to creatures or enchant them or whatnot move the things around uh if you do that with elena like she just cares that the creature entered that turn she doesn't care what it's like printed power is so you can play a creature if you buff have some way to buff it tap elena make a bunch of mana and that's great i'm not going to talk too much about it goes infinite with umbral mantle goes infinite with sword of the parents uh staff of domination all things that untap a creature for a little bit of mana obviously if is making enough mana you just go infinite and have a bunch of have a bunch of mana do you want to get into other color benefits
0: sure there are a lot of tutors available to help you assemble this like umbral mantle combo um white has several equipment tutors blue has several artifact tutors black has just Shooters. and black also has a couple interesting uh, pieces of tech it's got wall of blood yeah uh, so that's one in a black for a zero two uh with defender and you can pay one life to give it plus one plus one until end of turn so you drop that you pay a bunch of life you activate elena
1: yeah well, so you just pay as much life as you need to make your turn happen
0: <laughs> yeah and there's also at a slightly more painful rate there's yeah. um soul drinker and unspeakable symbol and hate well actually hatred is a pretty good rate so hatred um is three black black for an instant as additional cost to cast it pay x life target creature gets plus x plus o until end of turn so that's another good way to just convert life directly into mana using a ability soul drinker and unspeakable symbol allow you to pay three life to put a counter either on soul drinker in that case or on target creature so you can still pay life for mana but at uh much steeper rate yeah
1: yeah much uh not quite as bargain ban as hatred is or wall of blood is red if you just are keeping in red or i guess just elena herself gives you access to molten steel dragon um kind of the same thing it's two life for a power but also i i always forget that you can just pay red i lost a game because i forgot that my opponent could just like also pay two red and not just two life. <laughs> 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 so stupid but um a colorless gives you some cool stuff too because you get uh, high power creatures with very very cheap costs, like uh, Lupine Prototype, Phyrexian Soul Gorger, Phyrexian Dreadnought. So you can tap for mana before the Dreadnought dies if you don't have twelve power of stuff to
0: just have a twelve mana ritual. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So th- that's that's honestly fine. That's pretty good, especially if it gets you to where you got to be. So yeah, we've seen her. We've been obviously thinking about her <laughs> since she came out and uh, we'll finally get to play pretty soon okay so now we have some of the pirate boys in red
0: so this first one is breaches brazen plunderer three and a red for a three three goblin pirate with menace whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents exile the top card of each of those opponents libraries you may play those cards this turn and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells it also has partner again much like malcolm um this only triggers off of damage rather than combat damage. Lightning Rig Crew, Glinthorn Buccaneer also work pretty well with this. Mm-hmm. The major downside is that it doesn't really feed into itself in the same way that Malcolm does by providing you mana to cast your spirits to untap the Lightning Rig or giving you treasures to pay for Glinthorn's activation. So you can get cards off of it, but impulsive draw off of your opponent's library is always a total crapshoot yeah
1: yeah you're, you're always kind of just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best as opposed to like progressing your own plan
0: yeah it works okay if your opponents are kind of playing good stuff but if they are playing niche archetypes like this one's playing a morph deck and this one's playing an enchantment deck and it's like i don't think i'm going to want these cards in my <laughs> pirate tribal deck
1: yeah this is probably not what i'm looking for Uh, But that's okay, because we have another red pirate. and uh, This guy I love. This This guy is awesome. Yeah, this guy kicks ass. Um, This is Dargo the Shipwrecker. Dargo is a 7-5 giant pirate with trample. They cost 6 and a red. But uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of artifacts and or creatures. This spell costs 2 generic less to cast for each permanent sacrifice this way. And two generic list to cast for each other artifact or creature you sack this turn. And then obviously has partner. So basically treasures tap for three mana for Dargo. Anything you've sacked in the turn prior also adds into this like cast ability where you can sack things to cast him. You can get Dargo out on like turn three Consistently. really. easily. Consistently. Yeah. Like a wily goblin, which is like the baseline like like red red for a one one goblin that gives you a treasure you go like turn two wily goblin you have a turn three dargo
0: yeah just, that's
1: it you he, did it
0: yeah even like just krenko's command yes. or <laughs> dragon fodder yeah it's great it's, it's amazing incredibly easy to to get him out early and then you can like one shot somebody on turn four if you choose uh to have jessica as your partner and i think we'll just have to read jessica now yeah we're gonna
1: read her next so here um, she is
0: so jessica thrice reborn is two and a red for a zero loyalty planeswalker it enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game it has zero choose target creature until your next turn if that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents it deals triple that damage to that player instead minus x jessica thrice reborn deals x damage to each of up to three targets jessica can be your commander and partner so, really, you can follow the, your game plan, play your, your dragon or whatever, on turn two, get Dargo down on turn three. And then turn four, you just cast Jessica and then make it so that Dargo deals triple damage and kill Someone's someone. Someone's dead, yeah. yeah. Someone
1: is dead. And if they're not dead, they're like mortally wounded. Like Yes. Like And if they kill Dargo, you just cast him again. Yeah, it's so easy you to just cast. cast him again. He's so cheap. Um, So. We do have a deck list. It's Dargo and Jessica. We're going to talk more about Jessica in a second, but just to finish up Dargo's little little spotlight here.
0: We got to mention the combos. There's
1: some combos, yeah. So once you've sacked three permanents, you have infinite dice triggers with a Phyrexian altar or a Thermopod, both of which let you sack a creature to do a thing. Phyrexian altar makes a mana. Thermopod uh, also makes a mana. They mm-hmm. both make a mana. Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. There's also some other synergistic... Well, first off that's hilarious yeah i'm just gonna before i move on like that's so funny like i sack three things and then all of a sudden dargo just gives me infinite mana like that's so funny well
0: well, not infinite mana but uh infinite dies triggers Yes. yeah infinite dies triggers infinite storm yes and if jessica happens to be your partner then uh well she enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game so if you've been casting Dargo a hundred times, she'll come in with a hundred loyalty yeah. uh, and then deal up to a hundred damage to each of up to three targets and uh, your your opponents are valid targets.
1: Yeah, that's that's a uh, that is any target hilarious. Just like off the rails. I am so into this talk about like making a seven five trample interesting <laughs> like incredible. So just really super into Dargo. And let's say you want to do some other stuff instead of just play dress Jessica. So one is Keskit. You're already sacking things with Keskit to draw cards. So not only is your hand going to be large, like you can just drop Dargo all the time. Like again, he's just going to be so cheap all the time. Malcolm gives you treasures to sack to Dargo. Let's say Dargo does keep dying. Like Malcolm kind of subsidizes that because the treasures have for three. Also Dargo probably hitting people, giving you treasures. Uh, this is, Kind of a weird blue-red pirate tribal list that ends up being really good. I like this one a lot, this version of the blue-red pirates. It's the same tech that we were talking about before. Lightning Rig Crew, Glint Horn Buccaneer, that kind of stuff. And then if you're in that version of the build, it kind of gives you a plan B in regards to combos where you can make the Lightning Rig Crew, like your plan A, or like the Phyrexian Altar, your plan B, and then Voltron is kind of your plan c because like you still can cast tarko for like nothing all the time so uh, just amazing amount of tech with this guy and such a simple concept here's a seven five for cheap like go to town everybody so great but do you want to get into some jessica stuff
0: so one great thing about jessica is that she can kill herself yes so if you happen to have infinite mana You cast her, minus X for all of her loyalty, send her back to the command zone, recast her, now she has more loyalty. So you can just deal, you can convert infinite mana into infinite damage, and there happens, and then if we're looking at synergistic partners, we were just talking about Elena, who can pretty easily generate infinite mana. So that's a pretty natural combination of partners, one makes the mana, one Kills the opponents. Yeah.
1: And then you get some other benefits from other colors. Uh, Blue gives you lots of proliferate for larger X activations, just for chilling. Like, let's say you don't just pop her every time. And then green gives you lots of proliferate and also just big donks. Mm -hmm. Just hitting for triple power. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's real strong. So both of these cards, rad, super into both of them. Excited to play with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so that was a lot. So there's um, still a lot left to talk about. This next one is uh, Kedis Emberclaw Familiar. Uh, Just adorable. It's an elemental lizard. A 1-1 for one in red. Whenever a commander you control deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Not much tech here. Basically, it turns your other commander, or I guess him too, into a Hydro Omnivore. Mm Mm-hmm. People love Hydra Omnivore, so if you also were one of those people and want to hit people, every people, really hard, here's a little bud. Here you go.
0: Yeah, uh, in terms of synergistic partners, Ishai is probably the best one. So Ishai was one of the original partner commanders. Uh, It is two white-blue for a 1-1 bird monk with flying. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a +1/+1 plus one, plus one counter on Ishai, and it has partner. So Ishai tends to grow very, very quickly. Um, if you just cast Ishai, let your opponents grow it up, then cast your Kedis, and then you'll be able to spread that damage well, spread that damage around pretty well. So good Voltron enabler here.
1: Mm-hmm. This next card is I, I love it so much. This is Kark the Thumbless. Crark uh, the Thumbless is a 2-2 goblin wizard for one and a red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, return the spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy that spell and you may choose new targets for the copy. <laughs> so <laughs> so Krark, um, basically, so there's a few things. So I actually want to put Clark in a few lists as just a member of the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Why uh, This this is the main reason why. The trigger is a win-win with spells that get copied or uh, have like Storm or Cascade. So if you cast a... Let's say you cast a spell with Cascade. You get the Cascade trigger on the stack and then you flip the coin. If you win the flip, you get another copy of the spell uh, and you like Cascade again. If you don't, the spell goes to your hand and you still get your Cascade trigger. Same with Storm. You get all the other Stormed copies even if you put the original card back in your hand, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you can just get cast it again for storm. So very cool. Um, very, very good in the main deck of Zada uh, and works very well with possibility storm. All of these things are hilarious to me. Um, there is a deck list. It is Crark Timna that we're going to put online and it is a doozy. It basically puts a ton of fast mana and copy effects to tutor for what you need, you draw into a ton of gas or close out the game with like a bunch of tokens, a bunch of canned army type things. It's like I don't really know how to describe like you, you basically are abusing the fact that like A krak is cheap, Tim is cheap, uh, a bunch of tokens are cheap, and then you get to rebuy a lot of these spells and stuff like that. So it's really kind of a blast. And there's a really mean kind of lock with Dranith Magistrate and possibility Storm where love that yeah when you win the flip you get your copy even though no one else gets what's going on so um kind of a a crazy deck like i said we'll post it uh give it a look-see give it a play yeah really into krark this is a really cool addition to the format
0: yeah all these red partners have kind of been bangers we've got and and like the next two are, are good too
1: yeah their next two are so yeah it's i i was really really happy with the overall with like the white and red partners we got this time because it is letting you build um into strengths of those colors in a way that the first partners sort have done that mm-hmm. our condo should have just been an enchantress yeah uh, but uh i'm not gonna complain about that now um do you want to read this guy
0: yes uh this is rogue Rack, son of roga zero mana for a zero one kobold warrior with uh it is red it's got a red color indicator it's got first strike menace and trample and it has partner uh, so this is really interesting. Um, yeah. it's hard to figure out exactly what to do with it. the f- The first thing that came to mind is like you play him, you play your other kobolds, and then you like ha- uh search out cloudstone curio and try to get infinite storm that way. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a combo piece that's always in your hand.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my first thought too. Was just like this guy kind of sits in the command zone. Uh, ready to go he costs zero you don't need to think about him you don't even need to like look at him well you probably do want to look at him because he's adorable um but once you get the other piece you need mainly like cloudstone curio um or there's other colors that kind of have uh cloudstone curio type effects you can put them into play so i'm thinking like blue gives you access to like paradoxical outcome so like you can kind of play a bunch of things paradoxical outcome bounce this guy and whatever else back to your hand and keep moving
0: blue also gives you tutors to either find paradoxical outcome or to find cloudstone curio
1: yeah exactly so that's like a route but i don't know this, this i'm gonna have to think more about this we're probably gonna have a list for ramirez de pietro up with the next episode that wasn't finished this episode i'm thinking have a rock rack list also like post this episode because like the There's so many commanders and we have so little time. Mm -hmm. Um, But trying to get that up for next week when we do that too, just because it's just these designs have been so good because there's so much more than just like on the surface Mm -hmm. with like all of them. And that's 100% true here. You're like, oh, zero mana, like first strike, menace trample, ha ha ha, isn't that silly? And you're like, well, actually (laughs) there's, (laughs) and I have no doubt that people are going to just vulture on this guy. That's the other thing. I'm not going to do that but I think people are going to see
0: like, oh my God, he's free. That is uh, the vibe I've been getting just from looking
1: at the internet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, this guy's awesome. And I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, this next guy is awesome. Uh, right. Do you want to read them off?
0: Sure. Uh, this is Tago Goblin Weaponsmith. Two in a red for a legendary creature, goblin artificer. It's a two, two. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, Create an artifact equipment token named Rock. It has equipped creature has one tap sacrifice rock. Rock deals two damage to any target and equip one and as partner. So basically uh, it makes blazing torches on landfall.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the best part about Togo is like the lore. Togo is referenced in a bunch of uh, onslaught, block cards. onslaught block cards as like uh, so specifically shock He's like, wow, this is the best thing I've invented since the rock. Or like almost as damaging as, as as a rock or something like that. So it's really, really funny that the rocks just shock people. That's kind of the joke there. Um, Hilarious. Also, so many rocks. The fact that it's just play land, get a rock like Landfall Rock. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's great. Amazing. Even if you're not putting them on guys effectively or like using them for their intended purposes, you're going to end up with a lot of rocks sitting around that you can use uh, for various purposes and so we can kind of get into that uh, i think the first one is keskit uh enjoys having a bunch of just rocks sitting around that you can sack to draw cards it's just so easy you just you play your land you get your rock mm-hmm. uh you get more lands you get more rocks also your nether trader and your blood gas they can just pitch a rock before dying too so like let's say you are going to use keskit you can just like tap deal two damage tap deal two damage sack them in the rocks get some cards kiri gets really big really fast uh so if the rocks are artifacts akiri's power is based on your artifacts gets huge and you also kind of end up with an equipment's matter list a benefit of being in white you get ariok steel shaper and pure steel paladin so you basically just like can throw the rocks around and start pitching them and then there's a lot of white creatures that love to hold equipment that like get better when they're holding equipment so that's something you can do with it you can also especially nowadays white's getting a lot better with lands getting lands playing extra lands um which will help you get triggers even though green is probably a little bit better at that still but do you want to get into some more tech
0: yes uh so blue has a lot of great ways to make use of these things um shimmer dragon lets you tap two untapped artifacts in order to draw a card Brutaclad can convert all of your tokens into whatever the best token yeah. you have is, uh, <laughs> yes. which may be a two one mer, might be better than that. Yeah. Um, so that seems great. Blue also has artifact tutors for things that synergize well with this, like for example, like Blink Moth Urn. Yep, yep. Uh just gives you a ton of mana based on the number of artifacts you control. And then green gives you access to a lot of land ramp so you can get even more rocks onto the battlefield.
1: Which gets us into green. And we have a few green guys, not too many. The first one is Anara, Wolfish Familiar, a four mana wolf beast, three and a green. They're a 4-4. As long as it's your turn, commanders you control have Indestructible and they have Partner. The biggest thing is, like, if your commander doesn't want to die when you're doing something, if you have, like, a partner that, like, is really important to keep around. Um, if there's a partner that, like, synergizes really well with board wipes. I couldn't really think of, like, too many things. Um, some synergistic partners, I think Alex brought up, were, like, Tana the Bloodsower. you can just kind of get in there without thinking about toughness at all. So you just, like, boost the power get in there it doesn't matter what they block with because as long as she hits you're getting some of those tokens mm-hmm. if you are using tana the blood sower you can also kind of use earthquake effects to your advantage like it kills your initial crop of sapperlings but tana survives gets in there and hits and then you can also like utilize perforos pretty well because perforos is also going to be indestructible it sits around as tana like just hits there and keeps farming up these uh, sapperlings uh, which also come with the board so it's harder to attack you in the same same way you want to talk about anything else
0: uh nope just that um white red and black partners are probably where you want to be just to get access to those board wipes
1: mm-hmm. yep break some symmetry yep um do you want to? this is uh one we talked about a while ago but do you want to get into her yeah quick?
0: I'll, I'll briefly touch on this this is halana kessig ranger three and a green for a three four human archer with reach Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. When you do, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature. So this is one that the first thing I thought when I saw this was just play any green creature with Death Touch. That's pretty cheap. And then it just turns it into a Necrotal. That seems like the best use for this card. And then naturally, I would want to pair this with a black color identity so I could get access to all the black Death Touch creatures, Typhoid Rats, etc. That really seems like the... Best way to build around it. I mean, other color identities do occasionally have like high power creatures relative to its cost, like red, but I really think this just wants to be a black green deck.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I feel the same way because it turns all of your little scorpions into kill spells. Uh, It's easy to recur them. Eventually, you can just play big guys that also fight and survive and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think black green is probably the place to go with this right now, and uh, we'll see what happens down the line mm-hmm. the next one is kind of buck wild so this is kamal heart of Kroza, a five five human druid for eight mana six green green at the beginning of combat on your turn creatures you control get plus three plus three and gain trample until end of turn has the activated ability one green until end of turn target land you control becomes a one one elemental creature with vigilance indestructible and haste it's still a land and he is partner um <laughs> the uh man so this is you just always have an overrun in your command zone mm-hmm. uh, he's pretty big he's eight mana um and then you can animate your lands and you don't have to worry about him dying that was one of the things that old kamal actually had going for it though is that you could animate
0: your opponent's lands yes and, and kill they, them
1: and they would die
0: i think heartstone is a good piece of tech for this deck just reducing the cost of that activation to animate your lands is pretty significant bonus part of that is because uh it's probably a pretty good idea to animate a bunch of your lands notably they all gain indestructible and then if you were to cast um, mass land destruction then you would be protected or at least the the lands you targeted would be protected so armageddon ravages of war catastrophe if you're in white if you're in red uh there's devastation bust ruination uh, jokal alps uh, tons tons of tons of options so many yeah. Um, also notably in red you get access to extra combat steps so Kamal triggers at the beginning of combat on your turn so the more combat steps you have the bigger the bonus becomes oh
1: yeah yeah it gets out of hand very quickly
0: yes and then green gives you access to a couple things that um, synergize particularly with land creatures so there's earth surge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: and Sylvan Advocate both give lands that are creatures you control plus two plus two Mm -hmm.
0: so a significant boost there uh in between kamal's uh, buff and that you will probably be getting in for some damage yeah they're very large Mm -hmm. uh and then oh one other thing to note in red is you get access to quartzwood crasher so kamal is basically giving all of your creatures trample so quartzwood crasher is a new card from ikoria it is two red red green for a six six dinosaur beast with trample Whenever one or more creatures you control with Trample deal combat damage to a player, create an XX green Dinosaur Beast creature token with Trample, where X is the amount of damage those creatures dealt to that player. So uh, if you split up your damage, you can get up to um, three dinosaurs per combat. Yeah. Uh, And they're going to be real big, so that's a pretty significant benefit.
1: I mean, is this adding anything new to the format? No, this is green stompy. You're playing your creatures. You're getting extra combats. It's like stuff we've seen before but he's eight mana he's new he's splashy uh, and he interacts with these cards in i think a lot cooler way than other stompy green decks have so yeah whatever this this one uh hmm this is kodama of the east tree this is a six six spirit for four green green so six mana it has reach whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control if it wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability, you may put a permanent card with equal or lesser converter mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, oh, yeah. This says partner. Uh, you. Wow. Um, that's so much value. Yeah. Just like insane. So we're going to put a deck list up with the show just kind of so you can... You can sandbox it, give it a shot, see what you think about it. And what you're going to find, um, the, the deck is going to be Kodama and Thrasios. You're going to just find that you, your your hand is just always on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. It's like so easy to do. So you are ramping with like Thrasios, gaining blue from him. You can move towards uh, the kodama Palanchron combo. So basically what happens is if you have seven lands that tap for eight mana, You have infinite mana. So how it works is you play Palancron, you get the untap effect, and you get the Kodama trigger on the stack. So you bounce it in response to the Kodama trigger. So that's four mana. You still have some mana floating. And then put it back onto the battlefield with the same trigger you just got from the Kodama. Untap the lands again. You have infinite mana. You can just keep doing this. And you also end up with, uh, I think, infinite put things down triggers too. Because if you have infinite mana, you can just play Palancron itself at a certain point so if you have a way to turn infinite mana into cards you can just kind of play your whole deck for free um buck wild uh well
0: well also like if you're using thrasios as your partner oh yeah you don't even have to think about it yeah Yeah. there you go there's your your outlet for mv mana there you go who would have thought yeah infinite mana outlets uh or rather infinite mana outlets that are free to run That are free to run
1: yeah pretty good Thrasios, like you said, you get to draw your library. Kodama, Field of the Dead, cement Growth Chamber. That's kind of a really good plan B, these uh, Field of the Dead and cement growth, growth Chamber. You play the Growth Chamber, uh, bounce it to your hand, and can like play it again with the Kodama. Uh, get a bunch of zombies with your Field of the Dead. Deadeye Navigator is very good in this list for a lot of the same reasons. You just flicker things and get things for free. Turns out everything costs two mana with a Deadeye Navigator into play phantasmal image cloudstone curio also there's a lot of tutors to find them so like all of these things just kind of turn into this like incredible value machine there's a ton of redundancy as you've heard like i've already mentioned like three or four ways to like just get free tokens to put things into play and like uh... oh no yeah, i forgot the, the biggest part of the Kodama feel that it's in a growth chamber you're getting a zombie so you get the extra trigger anyway so like not only are you getting the land that bounces itself and gives you a trigger you're getting the zombie which lets you put another thing into play, but you let the land so in. Yeah. You, and you just have infinite, infinite zombies. Sick. It's crazy. Um, so forgetting there's so many combos I'm forgetting to list them all out or <laughs> effectively.
0: All right. Speaking of combos and bounce lands, yep. uh, for synergistic partners, one of the best ones has got to be Tago goblin weaponsmith. Oh yes. Um, so if you have a, uh, if you have a gruel turf and Togo and, uh, Kodama on the battlefield, then you can play the gruel turf uh you will get a token off of Tago. you can bounce the gruel turf to itself that token entering the battlefield from Tago will then trigger kodama you can drop the gruel turf in again you get infinite of your little rocks and infinite then, rocks yeah and then i i don't know
1: do something with it yeah yeah you you decide it's in your hands now literally because it bounced the line um, so that's something you can do you can also use Kodama the East Tree with like Oromancers Eternal Witnesses and like Sun Titans as like stand-in for like Sun Titan uh, itself going infinite with the sack outlet and Gift of Immortality, or like Angelic Renewal or Kaya's Ghost Form stuff like that so basically the Sun Titan combo is like sack outlet Sun Titan Gift of Immortality, or one of the other things I mentioned you can kind of build your own version of that with the Kodama because you get like Eternal Witness um like Mancers is really good because they die uh or they come back and bring the aura back onto it which is another permanent that enters the battlefield so you kind of end up with this loop with kodama uh again like getting things entering the battlefield uh in addition to themselves that you can then like sack and get infinite sack outlet or etbs or whatever you're doing with that so crazy <laughs> like crazy the stack is insane with this guy And we mentioned uh, Togo Goblin Weaponsmith, incredible. Uh, And then the other one that's really good is uh, Livio Osworn Sentinel. So it allows you to farm triggers when your creatures re-enter the battlefield. Buckwild. I highly recommend trying the list. It is insane.
0: Just absolutely crazy. And we'll link to it in the show notes.
1: Uh Last green
0: commander for the day. This is Numa Jaraga Chieftain. Two and a green for a 2-2 Elf Warrior. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay XX. When you do, distribute X plus and plus one counters among any number of target Elves, and it has partner. So how do you feel this compares to Azuri Renegade Leader?
1: Mm, Azuri Renegade Leader. So that's a three-mana 2-2, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, You can regenerate an Elf for green, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And you can pay five to overrun your Elves, right? Yeah. Um, Bad bad Mm. uh, pretty bad uh the benefit this gives over azuri 1.0 is that you have partner so you have another color so what this is saying is play your white green elf deck or play your white black elf deck or uh white red elf deck that's that's basically what this card is around for so i do not think this card is for me i don't think this card is particularly good i think this is for elf fans that's Mm. what i think this is for you can kind of put elves under the banner of your choice
0: yeah if you want to play additional colors in your azuri deck that's what i would use this commander for yep but otherwise i just don't think it's generally as strong if you're just trying to do the elf thing
1: yeah i think elves have the best commander for them right now i don't really think they need too much but let's say you do want some other colors um if you get white uh you get risk the redeemed you have tolsa your friend of wolves both of which are elves, both of which do uh, a lot of heavy lifting in regards to tokens. Uh, Blue gives you Edric, uh, gives you Coiling, Oracle, Frilled Mystic, Vanifar, Rajmi, Momir. Kind of turns your elf list into more of a combo-y list. Uh, You get counterspells, you get more card draw. Uh, Not that you needed it, Simic didn't really need the help there. Black gives you like... uh, a bunch of silly elves. It gives you like Elves of Deep Shadow. So there's another like mana elf, Golgari broker Nath, which is a nasty Savra Under Lich. So there there are some of those Golgari elves that you can throw in there. Uh red gives you Rada two and three who would have thought? Uh Bloodbraid Elf, Tana the Blood Sower, all of which just give you a ton of value. So that's gonna end up looking like uh Like, I would assume in the red version of Numa lists, you actually use her ability, Mm. or in some of the other ones, you're probably just using her for colors and like that she's an elf or like points to elves. And then if you are white and red, you get access to Thornscape Battle Mage and Sky Shroud Elf, which are just elves that do things I don't necessarily like, nothing too fancy. Mm -hmm. So, those are your elf options if mono green just really wasn't doing it for you if you're like man i really want to play these like gruel cards that i opened and don't have anywhere to put here you go
0: all right moving on to the multicolor commanders we did it everyone uh we're gonna start with Nimrus una's trickster three blue black for a one six fairy knight with flash and flying whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn look at the top two cards of your library Put one of those cards into your hand and the other into your graveyard. It's "quote unquote" a, a flash matters commander, but really, it's it's more of an instant matters commander.
1: Yeah, which is kind of, I, I'm I think I'm kind of down on that.
0: Yeah, I really wish this specified flash like cards with flash because like a lot of the best things to do in blue and black are like cheap instant speed removal or cheap instant speed counterspells. yeah so really you're kind of just incentivizing what the color is already doing rather than incentivizing like a smaller subset that introduces new cards to the format
1: yeah and also this doesn't trigger on itself which in the version of the deck that exists now that would be like pretty gross because you're like all right well i guess end of your turn commander draw some cards and then on your turn i just have the kill spells and counterspells i need but I think that w- if it mentioned Flash and also triggered on its own, then it would have been like, it would've, I would have been really happy with this card. But th- I don't know. I think this is fine for now. I think this is not the first and only, I don't think this is the only Flash commander we're going to see in the next few years is I my guess. I don't
0: know. I'm worried that they are going to consider this check in the box and, oh, yeah. and not consider that like, man, it's super not fun that okay at the very end of your turn opponent before me I'll cast my commander and then you know my turn I'll draw land pass and then like you cast a spell okay I counter it and then I get a replacement and then you cast a spell and I counter it and I get a replacement yeah. and you're just like it's so free for you to control the board and annoy the yeah. heck out of your opponents whereas like not only is this not adding the flash deck to the the format like we wanted it to it's also just like actively kind of unfun gameplay
1: yeah yeah actively bad to play against yeah that's uh, that's not the reason i guess why i'm hopeful is like they keep making black blue the draft archetype and so i'm hoping kind of like we saw with like zendikar rising they had a cycle of like rare legends that oh how like archetype
0: how like xerath sand like wasn't really a good commander for the rogue archetype but we got like a good Rogue Matters commander yeah. in the precons. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm hoping like something like that. Might okay. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, when we see the precons, maybe we'll get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll 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 see. I'm I'm hoping just in a set down the line that we get more blue black flash matters stuff, um, but not super happy with this guy. Yeah. Same. Um, this one's really cool. So I'm. I'll, do, I'll read it and you get into it.
0: I, I I want to talk about this
1: guy forever. Yeah, yeah. so um this is Blim Comedic Genius, a 4 3 flying imp for two black red, so four CMC. Whenever Blim Comedic Genius deals combat damage to a player, that player gains control of target permanent you control. Then each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of permanents they control but don't own.
0: Hey, remember when we designed
1: this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's uh, here he is.
0: Yeah, a couple of years back, we had a, a custom cards episode where we talked about, or well, we talked about like open archetypes, like archetypes that needed a commander. And we talked about how like Zedru, man, it would have been so sweet if he had black because like all the things you really want to get rid of, yeah, are black. <laughs> but they they went and did it, those madmen. Um, they did it. Thank
1: Thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, so we've got a list that we're going to be posting with the episode and uh it's got a lot of the the sweetest things to give away i'm I'm just gonna talk about those briefly um oh man they're so brutal okay uh so demonic pact is two black black for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep choose one that hasn't been chosen demonic pact deals four damage to target creature or player and you gain four life target opponent discards two cards draw two cards and you lose the game so uh well you can just kind of keep that around until you've gotten all the value out of it and then uh leave somebody else with the check yep it's pretty good uh one of my favorites is forbidden crypt three black black for an enchantment if a for each oh god i need to look at the oracle text for this (laughs) one if you would draw a card return a card from your graveyard to your hand instead if you can't you lose the game If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere, exile that card instead. Um, So it allows you to reuse what's in your graveyard, but you can just pass it along to whoever has the fewest cards in their graveyard, and then they are on a very short clock.
1: Yep, they probably will die. Who would have guessed?
0: Yeah, Uh, a very similar card also in this deck is Immortal Coil. Two black-black for an artifact. Tap, exile two cards in your graveyard. uh, Draw a card. And then if damage would be dealt to you, prevent that damage, remove a card in your graveyard from the game for each one damage prevented this way. And when there are no cards in your graveyard, you lose the game. Another thing that you can just pass on to an opponent and then let them worry about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Or you could just bajuga bog them. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's the, that's always funny. There's a classic Zedru enchantment, Pyromancer Swath. This is three mana enchantment. If an instant or sorcery you control deal damage to a creature or player, it deals that much damage plus two to that creature or player instead but uh we don't care about that we're not really trying to help them at the beginning of each end step discard your hand
0: Mm. love that it's each
1: yes it's like you thought there was hope you thought you could like accrue value on someone else's turn you fool Mm -hmm. absolute fool um yeah crazy there's a lot of cool stuff like this that you can just give and not think about oh you will eventually have to think about it because when the player dies you uh yeah, you get it back. So some uh, of these are uh, better than others. Well, I
0: was gonna I was gonna get to that once I ran through them all, but might as well touch on it now. The mm-hmm. way control changing effects work is when a player dies, any control changing effects that for that were giving them control of stuff end. So if you give somebody your Immortal Coil and they lose all the cards in their graveyard and die, then that Immortal Coil goes right back to you, and you need to find a way to get rid of it before. before the bomb goes off yeah uh so it can sort of lead to a really fun game a hot potato where you're just trying to get rid of these things before they kill you it's it's pretty fun gameplay i've actually had the chance to test this yes yeah yeah uh and it's uh really really interesting gameplay you almost certainly will not win but you will take out a player or two along the way
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really hilarious because people get really upset yeah (laughs) so usually you like kind of get in there and much like the imp in the art you kind of like hee hee and like give things away knock someone out or you die to your own thing like someone intervenes just enough to where like you die to your own thing sometimes yeah
0: and either way it's it's a good time yeah
1: it's pretty funny
0: We'll be posting the list in the sh- in the episode descriptions. Go ahead and check it out. Um, a lot of good tech in there. I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun with it.
1: So yeah, so this next guy, crazy that he exists. Didn't think I'd see him. Here he is. This is Hans Erikson, a 1-4 human scout for two red-green, so CMC4. Whenever Hans Erikson attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. tapped an attacking, defending player or Planeswalker that uh, they controlled. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. When you put a creature card onto the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Ericsson. So you attack with him. You look at the top card. If it's a creature, it's in play attacking where he's attacking. If it's not, you draw the card. But if it enters the battlefield, it fights him. If people don't know, like, so there's the Lurgoy from a long time ago, which had Safi daughter, which we got as a legendary card in Time Spiral Block. And uh, Sophie Eric's daughter sacrificed herself to like save a creature, which is uh, like adorable. So here's Hans, the guy who's getting saved finally. So mm-hmm. that's the the reference here.
0: Apparently Hans is her brother. Yep. Did not was not aware of that.
1: Yep. Um. Yeah. Did not know that. But this there there's a lot of cool stuff you can drop, and there's a lot of tech for this. So do you want to get into some of that?
0: Yes. Uh. So there's a couple things that you're gonna need to focus on to make Han's work. It's definitely a deck that's gonna want haste granters. Uh, there's a couple good ones in this color identity, like Rhythm of the Wild is a great one, will give him haste, will keep him from being countered, but you know, there's there's plenty of options in red. You're also going to want ways to protect him. So a couple ways to do that, there's lots of good equipment that will protect him. You can put a Darksteel plate on him, you can put Sword of Feast and Famine, give him Pro Green, a lot of the things you're going to be dropping in are green. Yep. Mage Bane Armor prevents non combat damage to the equipped creature. Uh, and then you could also run like some one shot um, indestructible Granners, like I think Withstand Death is the name of one. There's a, a handful of other cards that do that in green. And then what you really want to focus on is uh, library manipulation, like Sylvan Library, Miri's Guile, Sensei's Divining Top, Top of Library Tutors, like. Sylvan tutor worldly tutor just make sure you like you really don't want this to be a random chance thing You really want to know what you're getting But fortunately there's a lot of top of library tutors in green and then the creatures to drop There's a lot of really powerful. ones. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff one that is really sweet recently printed in Zendikar rising is Morag for red red for a 6 6 minotaur warrior each creature you control gets plus 1 plus 0 for each time it attacked this turn landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control if it's your main phase there's an additional combat phase after this phase at the beginning of that combat untap all creatures you control so you can drop morag in and then drop a land in your second main phase untap both morag and and hans get another bite at that apple
1: they did a really good job of like making him flavorful and also good Mm -hmm. which is uh i love that love that art's great everything everything about it's great
0: yeah, there's some really sweet combat damage triggers that you can drop in, like Hellkite Tyrant, which when it hits your opponents will steal all their artifacts. Veilfire Dragon, which when it hits them will kill all their creatures or deal six damage to all their creatures. Vigor will make it very difficult to kill your creatures with damage yeah. and will also protect your Hans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hans gets plus six plus six. Nice. Well, crazy. And then Giant Adiphage will make more 7-7 seven, seven Giant Adiphages and Kogla will fight something when it comes in, and then on successive turns, it can blow up artifacts and enchantments.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Hans is a human. Yes. So you could save Hans by, like, bouncing it uh, with Kogla. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty, pretty good. All right, so this is Liesa, right? Is that right? Uh, I, I Liesa? Thought, Liesa? I
0: thought it was Liesa.
1: Liesa? I don't actually... I've never said it out loud, so now I know. Mm-hmm. So this is Liesa, Shroud of Dusk, a 5-5 five, five angel for two white-white-black, so five CMC. Rather than pay two for each previous time you've cast the spell from the command zone this game, pay two life that many times. Uh, they have flying lifelink, and whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life. Um, so this is kind of like Campbell on crack. Mm-hmm. The difference being Campbell is looking for like a specific assortment of cards to be cast by your opponents. And Leas is just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Ca- if you cast and stuff, you're taking damage or losing life. And I would hope that cam players switch over. Yeah. This this just seems much more functional because one of the things about building around like a commander that like cares about what your opponents are doing is like if they don't do it, they're going to cast spells. Mm -hmm. They're just that's how the game works. So this will work there. I think we're going to have a deck list at some point in time. We don't have one now.
0: Uh, We're going to be doing a deck tech with Charlotte Sable Mm -hmm. once spoiler season has concluded. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But she's a very cool commander. I'm glad that they finally completed that cycle of the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, the
1: evil Powerpuff. Mm -hmm. Not personally going to build around this, but I could see why people would. Mm -hmm. I I think this is an upgrade over uh, that style of deck that we already have. Yep. Next one is Thalise Reverent Medium. Uh, they are a 3-4 human cleric for 3 white black. At the beginning of each end step, create X-1-1 white spirit creature tokens with flying, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. So it checks each turn, but it's pretty rare that you're going to be making like too many tokens on other people's turns. It depends on your board makeup. But there's a lot of tech with this. I mean, just the first one, just to get into some cards, like the Elspeths. Uh, Elspeth 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, uh, Divine Visitation. Cathar's Crusade is insane with this because at the end of the turn, like you probably already got some tokens earlier. At the end of the turn, you get a bunch of them. They all, everything gets bigger out of there. It's insane. Endrick Sar makes tokens on the reg. Whenever you cast a spell, he gives you that many thralls. Uh, but if you have too many thralls, he dies. Amaria angel felidar retreat retreat to Amaria, here a bladehold leonin and Warleader. all of these things just like make a lot of tokens consistently which will give you more tokens so your army gets very big very quickly with any of these out
0: i just wish it was cheaper because this is one of those commanders that really wants to be on the battlefield as soon as possible you can kind of feel bad casting your token generators before she comes down because you just want to get that value i mean there are some things you can do to set up for it you can like go turn four, Emyria Angel, or turn four, like, Hero Blade Hold, Leonin War Leader. But a lot of the time, you're just not going to be able to set something up so that she triggers the turn that you cast her. And so it's going to be like, turn five, I play my commander. Turn six, I play some token generation spell, double it, now I've got a huge army. And then turn seven, I'm actually swinging with my army. So it just seems pretty slow for a color identity that doesn't have access to ramp
1: this is kind of like an old school type commander design where it's like clunkier it's slower it seems like the idea is that you have built up some sort of board presence and then thalise comes down and kind of makes it go crazy which i don't know maybe your play group can, can jive with that but
0: probably gonna skip on her the next commander is zara renegade recruiter three blue red for a four three human pirate she has flying and when she attacks look at defending player's hand you may put a creature card from it onto the battlefield under your control tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step so this is fun i think there's a a lot of hooks to build around here yes i mean you definitely want haste granners because she has an attack trigger but there's a couple things you can do to just like increase your um your hit rate dispose of the the things you get afterwards so like telepathy in which your opponents play with their hand revealed uh, hands Revealed, peak Getaxian Probe, just these like very low-cost ways to know what they have in their hand, so you know who the best person to attack is. That's going to be really useful. Lan- Lantern of Insight also, you're going to have to keep copious notes, but that's yes. going to be helpful. You can also stack somebody's hand if, if you want to go really deep uh, and or you know they have some bomb creatures. You can run Jester's Mask, which is a 5-cost artifact and there's a battlefield tapped. You can pay one and sacrifice it. Target opponent puts the cards from their hands on top of their library. Search that player's library for that many cards. That, player's puts the, that player puts those cards into their hand, then shuffles their library. So you get to choose a new hand of cards for someone. So you just completely demolish whatever they had going on, and then you put the best creature and six lands in their hand. So you can just kind of beat the crap out of them. That seems solid. And then there's a lot of really great ways to um, not only just sacrifice creatures in these colors, but sacrifice them and get massive value. You could run something like a Goblin Bombardment and just ping somebody, but there's a lot of polymorphs
1: in these colors. Yeah, polymorph seems like a pretty good route.
0: Yeah, you just definitely want to find ways so that you're not giving these creatures back to your opponents. So if you polymorph them, the creature like just dead, and then you get to flip until you hit some big beater. That seems awesome.
1: The fact that like Jester's mask is good in this list is uh, pretty hilarious. So I'm excited to see more. Is it pirates? This next one is Buck Wild. This is uh, Belby. That you say Belby, right? Or is it just Belb? Uh, I think Belby. Belby. I always said Belby, but I don't know. So this is Belby, corrupted observer, a two-two zombie elf for black green. At the beginning of each player's post-combat main phase, that player adds two colorless for each of your opponents who lost life this turn. This goes off real fast, so it's really, really easy to get six mana turn two, even, because you
0: go... Okay, you play turn one Vampire Conquistador. Mm-hmm. Turn two, you cast Belby. you swing with the Conquistador, each of your opponents loses one life, Uh, and then at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you get...
1: The six generic.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a huge amount of mana, um, but the downside is that it's also very easy for your opponents to generate a lot of mana from this card. Not only do they get mana from hitting each other with their creatures, but they can also get mana if they damage themselves. So if they crack a fetch or play a shock land or tap a pain land then they are also going to get the mana for that as well so it's even without them building their deck around this it's likely that they'll be able to get like two to four mana off of this yeah without too much trouble
1: yeah no i figured that your deck would probably get more out of it because you built around it and then other people would get like incidental mana really what this seems like to me is that the game just goes into override or overdrive yeah immediately yep like you're like okay like here's my turn to i play a six drop pass and then everyone is like well i guess i'm gonna play a five drop this turn like Mm -hmm. it just goes crazy from there
0: and it really really punishes people who don't run a lot of creatures in their deck yeah like if they can't get going with an attacker on turn two then uh, turn three, like they are going to fall so far behind.
1: You snowball so hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is some tech for this list. Do you want to get into some of the the big boys?
0: Yeah, so there's some powerful six drops uh, that you can drop in on your turn two. One is God Pharaoh's Statue. So that's six mana for an artifact, spells your opponent's cast, costs two more to cast, and at the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses one life. So this will counteract your opponent's ability to, to really make use of their mana. It's a pretty significant tax effect. And of course, you can always just like drop your lockpeaks and then kill Belby or sacrifice Belby. And then your opponents are just have to deal with this god-pharaoh statue but with no means of recourse. Another kind of messed up card is Ward of Bones. So this is a six-mana artifact. Each opponent who controls more creatures than you can't cast creature spells. The same is true for artifacts and enchantments. Each opponent who controls more lands than you can't play lands. So it really pinches your opponents uh, who are trying to do anything. They, they are limited to this, the thing that you are slowest at. They are, that's their s- default speed. And then one thing that if, if you don't want to just get rid of Belle B and, and stop giving out the group hugs, you can run Crumbling Sanctuary. So Crumbling Sanctuary is a 5 mana artifact and if a player would be dealt damage, that player exiles that many cards from the top of their library instead. So it kind of removes their ability to easily your opponent's ability to easily damage each other to generate mana and they're just limited to the life loss that they can get off of their their own cards.
1: Yeah, just another addition to the the Really beefy black green roster of good commanders. So, this is Gull Maldrak Amphenologist. This is a 3 2 human scout for one green blue. You and permanents you control have protection from salamanders. Uh, you know that famous tribe we all use all the time. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, each player who controls the fewest creatures creates a 4-3 blue salamander warrior creature token.
0: Another blue-green good stuff, Commander. Am I right?
1: Another one? <laughs> yeah, this is actually great. It's kind of in a weird place. It doesn't seem like it does that much. I like that you can't take damage from these salamanders, that like these salamanders are basically like garbage doing anything to you while this guy is out mm-hmm. and they're four four three, so like it kind of incentivizes your opponents to like throw them at each other it's like a little bit of tech you can do there's some old cards that change creature types on the cheap but i wouldn't run like all of them necessarily i think that like all of them is a little bit too much you can change creature types with like amoebo changeling image crafter misform mutant standardize trickery charm a natural selection i like that one a lot it's just a one blue enchantment it has one a target creature becomes the creature of your choice until end of turn yes there's like wings of vilas veil vale, which is like an instant uh artificial evolution i,
0: I like artificial evolution on here like yeah uh th- I, this might be like christmas land but if you ever come up against a tribal deck being able to artificial evolution your commander and change salamanders to whatever their tribe is. I was
1: going to say that's kind of the the line that I was thinking of with this guy is like kind of just don't worry about salamanders like change that line to protection from elves mm-hmm. or something like that like really uh just throw a wrench into someone's plan. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, but this is sweet. I really like the um the vibe on this card, and also like there's a there's another salamander related card in this set that we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, well I think we'll get to it. Maybe I don't. We'll
0: get to it shortly, but yeah. it's it's just like a really cool deep ones.
1: Yeah. So prior to this commander legend set, there was two. They were both in a course at M12 and M15. It was amphin cutthroat, completely forgettable. It's a two four vanilla for four mana. It's a salamander rogue. And then in M15, there was Amphin Pathmage. It was a 3-2 for 4 mana. Uh, Target creature can't be blocked this turn if you pay 3 mana. 2 and a blue, target creature can't be blocked. Uh, He was fine. He was just limited fodder cards. But their flavor text is uh, hilarious. So uh, Amphin Cutthroat is, The Amphin have long built their society in secret. While surface dwellers squabbled over trivial borders, they patiently expanded, building their Amphin Temple Caves uh, now Amphin priests eye the shore, and Amphin hunters gird for war, and uh, Amphin pathmage is. Uh, there are those who do not believe in the existence of the Amphin. This seems somehow to be of their own design. So Gormoldrak himself, his flavor text is: "The day of reckoning is coming. Knowledge of the Amphin may be our only refuge." <laughs> so this guy, he's out here all alone. No one believes in that. These Salamander people are coming to mess everything up very specific throwback but really cool also at the same time it's just like nick was saying like this kind of like lovecraftian salamander deep ones rising up thing it's really cool
0: man i kind of am sad that Sirikar is a creature type oh,
1: oh yes it should have been
0: It should have been salamander they're basically salamander folk yep. except it's it's the exact same problem with naga this made-up race doesn't have any cachet with, like, the general public. That yeah,
1: doesn't doesn't matter.
0: And in this case, it's actually, like, functionally a problem. Yep. But anyway, that's just another installment in, like, Nick caring too much about creature types. <laughs> uh,
1: so we're getting into the three-color manders now. Uh, there's all of the monocolor commanders have partner, and then there's a bunch of two- and three-color commanders. So the first one we will have a deck list for. It is Obeka, Brute Chronologist, a 3-4 Ogre Wizard for 1 blue-black-red, so 4 CMC. They have tap, target player whose turn it is may end the turn. So you get a very polite inf- uh, Sundial of the Infinite. Mm-hmm. I really like this card. Sundial of the Infinite has a lot of like goofy tech around it. Uh, saving yourself from like lose the game triggers or exiling tokens or exiling creatures you're animated whatever it might be but i do like that you can be political with this card that you can be like hey would you like to end the turn right now this thing's happening you don't like do you want to end the turn i like that because it doesn't cost you anything like you get to build your deck you get to build around having a sundial infinite in your command zone and on the off chance that you get to do this like political stuff it's there for you and it's free so yeah, we have a list. It's going to be in the show notes. It's really cool. Do you want to do you want to mention anything?
0: Yeah. So there's a couple categories of cards that work particularly well with this commander. Um, so things that create tokens that die at the end of turn. So for example, like Kiki Jiki or unearth creatures, um, or just uh, that general kind of effect. You know, if you activate this commander with those end of turn abilities on the stack then those get exiled and you get to keep the card forever another cool thing is delayed blink effects that targets your opponent's creatures so like voyager staff is a single mana for an artifact pay to sacrifice it exile target creature return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step so if you activate this with that end step return trigger on the stack then the creature is just exiled forever.
1: Yeah, I really like that with Identity Thief too. So Identity Thief is a 0-3 shapeshifter for 2 and 2 blue. Whenever it attacks, you may exile another target non-token creature. If you do, Identity Thief becomes a copy of that creature until the end of the turn, and then you would return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Unless you don't. That's hilarious. I love that. It's just this creature just eats them forever. It's amazing turns a lot of cards like that on
0: it's also worth noting that this works really well with some of the red extra turn effects final fortune warrior's oath these things that say like they're usually two mana take extra turn after this one at the end of that turn at the beginning of that end step you lose the game so all you have to do is activate your commander with that end step trigger on the stack and you just get your free time walk
1: the list we're playing is like pretty fair and pretty just good it's like a step it utilizes the commander very well um, another thing I was thinking of is you can just kill people with like Endless Whispers and leveler.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Which is <laughs> really silly and then that one's good because you don't get the leveler back. So you leveler is like a 10-10 for four and when it enters the battlefield you exile your library. Not good, right? So trigger on the stack you end your turn. But if you have a sack outlet in play and this card called Endless Whispers four mana, two and two black when a creature dies it enters the battlefield under an opponent's control. So like your creature dies and you have to give it to someone their creature dies they have to give it to someone so you play your leveler you end the turn you sack it and th- putting sack outlets in the stick is pretty good because there's things like uh, mimic fat and other things that make like tokens forever
0: so you're ending the turn to avoid leveler exiling your own library
1: exactly and then on their turn you can be like and here's a leveler <laughs> and then they just die and then leveler goes away because it wasn't a control changing effect it gets exiled because it came from your graveyard which uh, saves you a lot of headache. So kind of successfully delivered that payload. Uh, That's just a very silly thing you can do.
0: Seems like a very fun Johnny Commander. Yes. Yeah, there's just
1: so much tech, and it's in really good colors for it. This next guy also is great. Uh, This is Urlock of Scorch Thrash. And is a Scorch like a group of Ishino?
0: Ooh, I... I I am not up on my Vaishino history. Yeah, I'm not.
1: I'm assuming that's what that is. So Yurlock of Scorched Thrash is a 4-4-4-4 mana, one black, red, green. They are a Vaishino Shaman. They have Vigilance. A player losing unspent mana causes that player to lose that much life. Then they also have one tap. Each player adds black, red, green. So this creature brings back Mana Burn, but like explicitly stated... That's great. I love that the activated ability adds mana for your opponents. That's hilarious. There are a lot of ways to abuse this. There's a lot of cool cards that you can play with this. It makes cards that give mana to like everybody not as terrible again, but there's just a lot of funny things you can do. The biggest one, too, the, 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 the not funny thing you can do is you can combo really easily. You can get a Sword of the Parans or an Umbral Mantle or an Aggravated Assault, a Staff of Domination and if you have a Mana Reflection and Nix Bloom Ancient, a Leyline of Abundance, you add a bunch of mana to your mana, to everyone's mana pool. Untap him. You just can kind of do that forever. Keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that. You keep getting mana to untap him with these various untap effects. Uh, your opponents just have way more mana than they know what to do with. Hopefully you spend your mana so the point where it doesn't kill you and then you like change go to combat or something and uh probably kills your opponents it's not often that opponents have a mana sink for these three specific colors that they didn't plan on Mm -hmm. so uh that's pretty good do you want to mention anything else about this guy
0: this seems like a really cool commander uh it seems like a brand new archetype for the format and i'm excited that he exists
1: yeah this is great yeah exactly this is just a new archetype people complain about mana burn leaving i think overall it was a good thing it left just for the game but the fact that it's back with this guy if you really loved mana burn here he is baby he's Mm -hmm. here Uh, and he looks like a lizard this next one is amareth the lustrous this is a six six flying dragon for three green white blue they have, whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, look at the top card of your library. If it shares a card type with that permanent, you may reveal that card and put it into your hand. Um, so this is more interesting than I thought when I first saw it, because mm-hmm. it does force deck building constraints, and I like those. But not it's really not pushing me over the edge with how interested I am in it. Yeah, there so, is
0: combo potential with it. If you have a Sensei's Divining Top, some way to reduce the cost of it with, like, say, a um, Ethereum Sculptor or a Helm of Awakening or, or something similar, then you can cast your Sensei's Divining Top. Amareth is going to trigger. In response to that trigger, you activate your top. You draw a card. Sensei's Divining Top goes on top of your library. Amareth reveals it. Oh, hey, Sensei's Divining Top shares a card type with itself. So you get to put your Sensei's Divining Top back in your hand. So you're back where you started, except you've drawn a card. And from there, you can just draw your entire library. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're in decent colors to search out not only the top, but the cost reducers as well. And I think you could pretty consistently just combo off. And you will have to figure out how to win the game when all your library is in your hand. But we leave that as an exercise to the reader.
1: I mean, you're in blue, we mentioned some earlier, there's like Mind Over matter and stuff. One of the more interesting non combo routes that you can do is kind of use this as like an enchantment commander, enchanted evening and stuff like that becomes very good. You could also do the same thing with artifacts, but there's so many artifact commanders, it's kind of whatever. So I don't know, I I am fine with this guy. I, I don't think this is crazy new addition to the format, but it's not as like purely good stuffy as I kind of thought at first it's kind of good stuffy a little bit
0: yeah i don't know if it really adds a whole lot to the format no. i feel like going for the combo is going to be the strongest thing to do a lot of the time and in that case it's just really reminiscent of elsha
1: yes yeah exactly it's just like Bant instead of just Kai. Mm-hmm.
0: this is nostro voice of the rocks one blue red white for a legendary chimera you can tap and choose one x is the number of spells you've cast this turn and your options are scry X, deal X damage to target creature, or gain X life. How do you how do you feel about this card?
1: I'm probably going to try and make a list doing something funny. I was trying to think of like Aetherflux, Reservoir, like some kind of life gainy build. So I'll see if that works. If it does, I'll post a deck list. This is probably the most fair Jeskai cast a bunch of things commander we've seen. Because uh, as we just mentioned, Elsha, Elsha's super busted just immediately at the gates busted this is very very much fair magic the rewards for like casting let's say you cast five spells in a turn are all very marginal it's like oh i could gain five life
0: yeah i feel the same way i think if you're trying to cast a lot of spells in jeskai uh, there are much better commanders with which to do it if you're running, say if you're running Kaikar, like he will subsidize the casting cost of all your non-creature spells with that red mana. If you're playing Elsha, like she will give you a steady stream of gas, like you can just keep casting off the top of your library. There's just the rewards are so much better in other commanders in this color identity. I mean, it's it's certainly like a much more fair way to do yeah. this type of deck.
1: Yeah, if your playgroup was complaining about Elsha, your Elsha list, slipper in the ninety-nine. Put this guy on the face good to go yeah you did it this does
0: get kind of interesting when you have a i mean this isn't like a, a reason to build it but um it gets kind of interesting when you have a Jeskai guy ascendancy out yeah that
1: was actually something i was thinking about
0: yeah because you can untap it and then once you're like scrying five plus every with every spell you cast okay like, uh, yeah exactly all right yeah or, you got me interested yeah
1: or shotgunning somehow like just finding some way to yeah I, or I just or thinking, like
0: annihilating the board
1: yeah like then it's interesting but it's like i I'm, i need to look at like what the engine would be how likely that it is to happen before it can be like all right you're in bud mm-hmm. speaking of a new archetype though this next card is gen arcanum weaver this is a 2-3 human wizard for red white black again uh, has red white black tap sacrifice an enchantment Return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I like Gen. I think he's good. I don't think he's crazy. I don't think he's busted. I think you have to spend a lot of mana before you really get going on him. So, like, I think Gen is, like, a value outlet after you, like, built up a board or something like that. I don't really know how to, like, say that.
0: Yeah, like, the the dream of activating him and, like, cheating the mana cost of some really expensive enchantment super early in the game that's not going to happen it's no just like you you would have to have like the exact perfect hand and (laughs) even then it's it's not really happening that quickly because like you could play say like a land tax on turn one and then play like something that'll ditch an enchantment into your yard like a tormenting voice or a wild guess blah 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 faithless looting uh on turn two or in a tomb Cast uh, again on turn three, activate him on turn four, sacrificing your your Lantex or whatever Sack Fodder enchantment, and then getting back this big, expensive, splashy one. But that is like a ton of effort and really difficult to pull off, and it's still only like maybe saving you three to four mana. Uh, it seems like he's a lot better with like we've been getting these
1: like black enchantments that draw three when they enter. So we're going to talk about one later in the episode. But where is the... Uh, Treacherous Blessing was printed in uh, Therese Beyond Death. It is two and a black. It's an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards. And has whenever you cast a spell, you lose one life. And if you can target it with a spell or ability, you sacrifice it.
0: That's a pretty good sack fodder. Exactly. Like enchantment.
1: You just play it. You draw three cards. Gens out. You sack it so you don't like lose the life or anything like that. Like There's a lot of like value enchantments that uh, are, are, you know, pretty good to cycle through.
0: Yeah, I just want to say I don't think he needed to have quite this expensive of an activation cost. I agree. I think, like, good points of comparison for this type of effect are Duretti and Whisper Blood Liturgist. Both of those cost four, but they don't cost any mana to activate. And so they are able to just, like, do their thing without spending, like, so much of your turn's tempo on just making it happen. You can just tap your Whisper, you can just activate your Duretti, and you don't have to spend all this mana to make it happen. I mean, it definitely adds a new deck for the format, I just, I would not get my hopes up too high. This is Kolfenor, The Last U, 3 white, black, green for a 3-7 Treefolk Shaman. It has Vigilance and Reach, and when it or another creature you control dies, Return up to one other target creature card with lesser toughness from your graveyard to your hand. So the the command zone previewed this card, and they did a pretty good, pretty comprehensive listing of, like, the ways to work around this card. But generally, if you have, like, some way to buff toughness, then uh, the creatures can can have equal toughness, and you can just, like, have a sack loop going. The tricky part is just to, because you're returning the creatures to your hand rather than to the battlefield, you will have to find a way to subsidize their mana cost, but there is a lot of ways to do that in this color identity. For example, you can run Earthcraft. Like, if you had, say, a Glorious Anthem type effect, and like two a Elves and a Finhorn Elves, you could sacrifice one, just pretty much loop them and keep getting one back to your hand over and over. And then if you toss in like an Earthcraft, which is tap an untapped creature control untapped target basic land if you have a basic forest then that'll pay for their cost and then you just have infinite storm infinite creatures dying infinite creatures entering the battlefield you could also if you have like a haste granar like a, conc- a concordant crossroads or a lightning greaves you can just tap the elves and they would produce their own mana you can run a Tangle Root, um, which is a three-cost artifact. Whenever a player casts a creature spell, that player adds green to their mana pool. If the sac outlet is like a Phyrexian altar, then that'll produce the mana needed to keep it going. Uh, there's just many, many ways to uh, make it work, make it so that you are able to keep going through this loop. And then uh, some of the ways that you can win from that like infinite loop, you can run like a Midnight Reaper... Or a Grim Haru Specs. These are cards that draw you cards when a non token creature you controls dies. And then from there, you can just draw into like a more significant win condition. There's a lot of ways to, to make this happen. Um, yeah, it turns out you can
1: combo with your graveyard in Abzin. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh,
0: so you don't even need like a Gaia's Anthem effect if you're running creatures that are zero zero printed stats but enter the battlefield with plus one plus one counters so if you have like a stone coil serpent and an arc bound worker you can like they will be one ones when they die and colfinor checks but zero zero is in the graveyard so even though they have the same stats when they're both on the battlefield they'll be able to keep recurring each other via
1: these loops are cool and interesting the different angle of like the toughness matters makes you think about it a little bit differently but um I don't think this is, like, too much added to the format. I think this is just, like, another version of Abzend combo. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, could have been worse. Could have been, like, format-breaking. And uh, I'm glad to see what Kolfenor looked like uh, before they were stuck in a pot and the Great Aurora happened, so Mm -hmm. that's cool. This next one is Averna, the Chaos Bloom, a 4-2 elemental shaman for green, blue, red, Uh, As you cascade, you may put a land card from among the exiled cards onto the battlefield tapped. That's it. Uh, eh. So there's, like, not a lot of cards with cascade. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. So unless you have a lot of tutors to, like, search out throws of chaos every game, which is three red sorcery cascade with... Retrace. Retrace. So you can discard a land from your hand... To play it from your graveyard. Whatever. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to say about this. Like, there's a lot of people like having, like, a quote, cascade deck in the same way a lot of people liked having, like, a quote, landfall deck before, like, Zendikar Rising. And, like, it just wasn't. it, It just doesn't really have enough.
0: Yeah. And another problem is that the cascade cards that exist tend to be really expensive. Just the ones we've seen so far in this set.
1: Most of them are five mana or more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you play your commander, you do nothing for a turn. Yeah. The turn after that, you cascade, you get your one extra land tapped. I mean, if you're in green, you can just be working way less hard in order to, to mm-hmm. make this ramp happen.
1: Yeah. This seems like a card I would put in Maelstrom Wander as opposed to, like, putting Maelstrom Wanderer into this deck.
0: Yeah. Just because, like, at
1: least at bare minimum with Maelstrom Wanderer, I know I'm getting these cascade triggers where, like with a verina like i have to draw my cascade triggers that seems dubious
0: yeah and just to just to reinforce what you said i'm looking at it yeah all of the cascade triggers in this set cost five or more
1: yeah <laughs> and i understand why like for power level reasons like low cmc cascade can be problematic because it ends up with combo decks in like eternal formats where you like have nothing in your deck except for your combo piece costs less than 3 so you always go always cascade into like the spell that you're planning on so like i understand why they're doing that but uh uh-huh.
0: okay well, yeah that's, it's it's just why even print this as a legendary creature then if you're exactly. if it's really going to be best as a main deck card then yeah then why give us something else for a team or commander give us the four power
1: deck yes give us the four power david come on come on guys come on come on man so if you're still with us we thank you <laughs> um we're we're getting through it we're glad you're getting through it we hope that you've uh, gotten a little snack maybe you're you're comfortable maybe this is like a few days commute but uh, we're in the main deck cards now that was the last commander uh we don't have well I lied we do have a we have a lot of them but i don't think we have we'll, too much to say about all of yeah, them
0: yeah we'll be going through these quickly it'll be a yes. quick pace
1: um and some of them are cycles so what we say about one will kind of apply
0: to apply the rest apply to the
1: rest so, the first one is white. We have Archon of Coronation. This is a mythic. It is a 5-5 five, five flyer for 6 mana. When Archon of Coronation enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. As long as you're the Monarch, damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Th- this is great for Mono White. Like, Monarch helps out Mono White. That's it. I don't really have much to say about this.
0: Uh, 6 mana just seems so expensive mm-hmm. for it. Like, if I'm paying for the Monarch, I, I really uh i don't want to be paying that much it's a useful effect and ideally it's on a card that is already is giving me like immediate value in some way Yeah, exactly yeah
1: because it is notable before you keep going you still can lose the monarch with this out like it the monarch just cares that you took damage this just doesn't mean you lost life
0: yeah you you are not spinning down your spin down dice but you are still like losing the monarch which seems like the biggest downside. yeah that's
1: that's kind of a downside to that card in that regard i probably won't play it but i assume i will see it played because it's a mythic with monarch on it
0: Mm -hmm. this is armored sky hunter three and white for a three three cat knight with flying when it attacks look at the top six cards of your library you may put an aura or equipment card from among them onto the battlefield if an equipment is put onto the battlefield this way you may attach it to a creature you control put the rest of those cards on the bottom of your library in a random order when it hits I mean, it's a free card and a lot of free mana, but note that you need to, like we ran it through a hypergeometric calculator in order to get a 90% hit rate on this ability. You're going to be, you're going to be running about like 30 plus auras and equipment. So you have to have a really, really high density before you consider putting this card in your deck. That being said, if you're in like say a green color identity, you can offload some of those auras or, or you can auras into your deck more easily because you're going to be running maybe like an overgrowth or a wild growth something like that that actually ramps you.
1: Yeah, you can subsidize with like auras that do other things.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of removal auras like dark steel Mutation, Song of the Dryads that are just naturally useful to run in your deck that don't really cost you anything. But yeah, that that should probably be your metric. If you've got about 30, consider running this guy. Otherwise it's yeah you're gonna win pretty often yeah. yeah
1: that brings us to the first of a cycle so this is court of grace this is an enchantment it costs two and two white so all of the courts they enter the battlefield you become the monarch at the beginning of your upkeep create a one one white spirit creature token with flying if you're the monarch create a four four white angel creature token with flying instead all of the court cards do they make you the monarch they do a thing on your upkeep but the thing is really good if you're the monarch i don't really care too much about this i would play this over the archon that we saw earlier because the archon is is six mana and this is four mana this is giving me a bare minimum of token even every turn even if i'm not the monarch so like if that's something you're into here you go it's not so powerful that like i would jam this into just like every white deck but if i'm into playing the monarch i can totally see i'm gonna see this a lot is my guess i think we're gonna see this a lot so this next one we saw spoiled a while ago this is keeper of the accord a 3-4 human soldier for three and a white at the beginning of each opponent's end step if that player controls more creatures than you create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token at the beginning of each opponent's end step if that player controls more lands than you you may search your library for a basic planes card Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. This is the best version of Catchup we've seen um, in white so far. Heck yeah, rad! We've asked for this in the past, and they're finally delivering it. This is just going to be a white staple. It's going to be great. You can abuse the the token one by like having sack outlets and like using the tokens for stuff and getting free tokens every turn. The mana, like you pass the turn with this out, and even if you went first, like if your friend ramps at the end of their turn, you get to ramp too. So it's like really kind of keeping you up to par with everybody. I just really like this card.
0: Yeah, I'm also a big fan. Uh, next card is Promise of Tomorrow. It's two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, exile it. At the beginning of each end step, if you control no creatures, sacrifice Promise of Tomorrow and return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under your control. Uh, so this looks to me like it's, a, um, it's Wrath Protection, but the problem with Wrath Protection that, like, you have to cast before the wrath is that your opponents are going to know about it beforehand they're going to have a lot of ways that they can kind of work around it so if they have enchantment removal they can let it exile all your creatures and then just blow it up before your end step they can bounce it there's just there's a, a lot
1: lo- of a lot of wrenches they can throw into your plane
0: yeah so i i like the um indestructibility effects or like the the anti-wrath effects that your opponents won't see coming so and therefore like won't plan around necessarily i'm not a huge fan of this I, I would rather just have had this be like you know a two mana instant creatures you control are indestructible until end of turn
1: well first off i this alex white clay mentioned that this is the uh pov you're getting wrath of godded and mm. i thought that was pretty funny
0: oh, that's a nice detail which is
1: pretty cool but also i think that the, there's just people that like want to tap out every turn And I'm not saying that's the correct way to play or thing to do or it's bad to do that or anything. I think this card is going to appeal to those players, though. They're going to be like, promise of tomorrow. I don't have to keep instant mana up. And then they're going to keep playing their cards. And that's great for them. Uh, They might get blown out. They might not. Who knows? I'm going to probably leave this one behind unless I'm like on it unless i put it in a a deck can just make sure the trigger happens at my whim basically i guess do you want to just keep moving sure we got a lot so we're going to try and rip through these yeah uh
0: this next card is seraphic greatsword one and a white for an artifact equipment equipped creature gets plus two plus two whenever equipped creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for most life create a four four white angel creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking that player and it equips for four
1: Yeah. So remember when we talked about arden at the very beginning of this episode, like almost three hours ago, <laughs> uh, here's the thing. This is really good with Arden. Um, so Arden enter like you enter combat. You can move things around. Uh, you can just put this great sword on someone and get in there. So not only did you get a free plus two plus two equip, uh, you also get an angel if you're attacking the right person.
0: Sir Gwyn can also reduce this card's equip cost if you're sticking on a knight. Uh, in general i wouldn't really be happy to run this card because the equip cost is just so high
1: it's so much
0: yeah so unless you're running a commander that can negate that cost i probably would not run this
1: card yep i completely agree
0: which is a shame That's it's kind of a shame that it's filling up a mythic slot when it's so narrow in its application i know it's
1: just yeah whatever but yeah we got one more white card for the main deck
0: Alright, uh, this is Slash the Ranks, 3 white-white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except for commanders. How do you feel about this card?
1: I think there are some Voltron players that are very happy, and I love that for them. That's it. That's yeah. how I feel.
0: Yep, that's uh, about my position as well.
1: Blue cards. This is Amphin Mutineer. We alluded to it before. So Amphin Mutineer is a 3-3 Salamander Pirate for 3 in a blue. That is a great type line. When Amphin Mutineer enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-salamander creature. That creature's controller creates a 4-3 blue salamander warrior creature token. So when it enters the battlefield, you basically Pongify something, but instead of a 3-3 ape, it's a 4-3 salamander warrior. Uh, But it also has this cool new ability um, called Encore. So it encores for six, four, and two blue. And what that means is it's basically unearthed on steroids, you can exile this card for six mana from your graveyard. For each opponent, you create a token copy and they attack that player this turn. And then you sacrifice the tokens at the beginning of the next end step. Encore only is a sorcery. So instead of unearth, which was like you pay a cost, usually a little bit cheaper, get it back for a turn with haste. This is pretty expensive. Pretty much all the encores. I think this is one of the cheaper ones. Get the guy. They usually have an attack trigger or an ETB trigger or something like that. So in this case, you like salamandize a bunch of creatures and then get in for three maybe ish. And yeah, so I I don't I would play this in um in what's his face in the salamander man deck. Oh yeah, sure. That's kind of easy. Yeah, easy gets exile as opposed to kill like destroy. So like it takes care of problem big creatures and like indestructible guys. So. I think it has utility, but I'm not like super crazy about it.
0: Uh, I think I might be a little higher on this guy than you are, just because in this color, it's a relatively rare effect outside of like Pongify, Rapid Hybridization, and Reality Shift. Just exiling creatures doesn't happen that often, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. comparable cards that do are like Duplicate and and Ingestor. So like they're very expensive. Yeah, two to three mana more. So I'm. Uh I'm pretty okay with this guy. I I like him. Ooh. I would consider running him in a blink deck but Yeah. yeah. I, that's
1: actually too, like it'd be really good in like Brago or yeah, any of the blue blinky dudes, Yorion.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm into him. I like
1: that. This next one is in the court cycle. This is an enchantment. It's one blue blue for Court of Cunning. When it ETBs, you become the monarch at the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. If you're the monarch, they mill 10 cards instead. I like that it can hit you one of my like biggest gripes with a lot of mill cards is that they say opponent so you mm. can't hit yourself with them this one does let you hit yourself uh, that actually like brings me a lot higher on the card than i would have been normally uh it is just an upkeep trigger so you do only get it once per turn i don't know how you feel about this i don't like that this is the blue monarch card and it's only mill yeah that's like how i feel about it
0: i feel the same way i i know normally we, we talk about like uh if good stuff eh, get that mm-hmm. out of the format mm-hmm. but the monarch is like such a fun mechanic that i would prefer it's on something that is generally useful and can fit into as many decks as possible mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like super powerful hyper efficient removal it could be something like uh, at the beginning of your pre-combat or post-combat main phase add green to your mana pool for like a green one or yeah, yeah in this case it could be like at the beginning of your post-combat main phase like draw a card then discard a card just Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. something whereas like the number of mill decks in this format you could probably count them with like less than two hands yes yeah no for sure it's just a shame that like most people are not going to be able to play with this card
1: yeah and like i said that's kind of why i like the self-mill aspect of it more than an aggressive mill strategy this is a monarch card i if i'm self-milling Two cards is usually enough to get me going if i can wombo combo 10 cards i'm pretty happy with that mm-hmm. there's more cards that want to mill themselves than like mill their opponents out i would say yeah so i i, I agree with you i'm not super high on it but yeah next one i almost called him laboratory dude <laughs> <laughs> his name's laboratory drudge he is a three four zombie horror for three in a blue at the beginning of each end step each end step everybody Draw a card if you've cast a spell from a graveyard or activated an ability of a card in a graveyard this turn. Uh, This is great. I love this.
0: It's a cool card. I think that you're probably not going to run it unless you can trigger it multiple times per round of turns. Yeah,
1: if you can draw like three cards a turn with this guy, then you're golden.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think that uh, maybe this requires more research, but off the top of my head, the only commander that can really make this happen consistently is like savine because you're just completely built around flashback if you're in a color identity that has if you're in a deck that is running a lot of the self-recurring graveyard creatures like reassembling skeleton things like that well specifically reassembling skeleton then it might be useful there like if you your deck's game plan is just to tutor out reassembling skeleton every game
1: yeah then that's pretty good
0: but spending four mana and, like, drawing one card per turn in your, like, Gisa and Joralf deck. Yeah, not worth it. Doesn't seem good to me. Yeah,
1: totally agree. If you have an engine that's doing this, I would put this into that list. So this next one is part of a cycle... They are all nine mana sorceries. This is uh, one of the first ones we've seen. It was Pneumonic Deluge. Oh boy. Okay, so it is six blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Copy that card three times. You may cast the copies without paying their mana costs. Exile Pneumonic Deluge. So obviously nine mana, you got to get a big thing out of this. So the best thing is like extra turn effects. The good ones like expropriate cost about this much. Time stretch. Cost costs about this much. It costs 10 mana. And I know it's like super cool to be like, hey, I discarded my time stretch and then I mnemonic deluged and it got three times. You could just, you cast yes, time stretch. You just cast it and like loop it with like an Archaeomancer answer or something. Mm-hmm. You can just do that. It's a lot less effort.
0: Yeah, there's just so many cards at this price point that are like A, less conditional and B, more powerful.
1: Yeah, I think if I was... uh. I'm trying to think of a deck that wants to run something that's just stupid, expensive, like Skullstorm or something like that. The, like, Commander Storm. Like, if I'm, like, copying a spell three times that's just game-ending uh, and I have a bunch of game-enders in my list, like, Jalevo maybe is, like, a list for this? Yeah, that's, But that's, like, stretching it. Like, I'm having to, like, really justify that because it's really bad to hit when you don't have
0: something good in your graveyard
1: yeah so i'm just not super high on this card
0: yeah i feel the same way this next card is sphinx of the second sun six blue blue for a six six sphinx with flying at the beginning of your post combat main phase you get an additional beginning phase after this phase so your beginning phase is your untap upkeep and draw so this guy i mean he will Pay for himself in mana when you hit that untap step and he'll pay for himself in cards when you hit that draw step. I mean I talk a lot about on the show about like why extra turn effects are so good because they recoup the cost in cards and they recoup the cost in mana and this is essentially that but it'll yep. give it to you every single turn.
1: Yep and he's a creature so it's easy to recur, a lot easier to recur than like a time stretch mm. and uh yeah I'm I mean I'm high on this guy. I think he's great. Things are really strong card like this feels like a mythic like a fair mythic
0: honestly it's a very good card on card on its own um it also goes infinite with aggravated assault which is two and a red for an enchantment you can pay three red red untap all creatures you control after this main phase there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase that new main phase will also be a post-combat main phase there will be an un, an end step following that and and you can just
1: yeah so you'll be able to like cast a bunch of cards and like get a bunch of mana and draw a bunch of cards
0: yeah and... it's just infinite attack step if yeah. you have any attacker you can just kill him. yeah it's basically infinite turns all right the next card is wrong turn two and a blue for an instant target opponent gains control of target creature uh, and then just fyi if an attacking or blocking creature changes controllers it's removed from combat what do you think about this card
1: I actually like this card. One of the surefire ways to like screw up someone's game plan is to give one of your opponents someone else's commander, especially when they can't use very well. This does that just on the face whenever you want. You can also like donate. You can make it a donate. Give someone a steel golem or just something really heinous. I, I think it's wonderful. This is like one of the better political cards they printed in the last probably year or so, I would think. It's just like so actually good on the face, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it as well.
1: So this is Court. This is Court of Ambition. Two, black, black, ETB, Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. If you're the Monarch, instead, each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, the the choice when you're the Monarch is pretty devastating, but, like, I'm pretty sure when this comes out, everyone is going to gun for you. Even if you do get the, the, like, Oingo Boingo big stuff, combo on the monarch on my upkeep like they get to pick which one they are they're always going to choose the lesser of the two evils at this
0: whatever. yeah i just don't love effects that give my opponents a choice like the player who has the most life is going to pay life and the player who has a ton of lands in their hand are going to be okay with discarding them
1: Mm -hmm. and then there's uh, that's discounting even decks that like want to discard and
0: stuff oh i know giving somebody a sack outlet i mean a discard outlet is yeah definitely be a drawback
1: yeah so uh not as high on this one this one, though, so we mentioned... Uh, <laughs> we, Treacherous Blessing? Yeah, so we mentioned Treacherous Blessing. We talked about Blim earlier. Um, this is demonic lore. This is Tuna and black for an enchantment. When demonic lore enters the battlefield, draw three cards. At the beginning of your end step, you lose two life for
0: each card in your hand. Where would you play this? Well, I'd play it in Blim, and I'd play it in Gen, and that's mainly it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah
1: there's not really too many places to, like, Enchantments. Generic,
0: Yeah, generic permanent enchantments. So those
1: seems like great places for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so this card broke the internet for a day. This is opposition agent. It is a 3-2 human rogue with flash, 4-2 and a black. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, they exile each card they find. You may play these cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as they were mana of any color to cast them. There are hate cards similar to this that have existed. Even Mind Mindcensor sees playing a lot of lists. I think this is going to play like Notion Thief most of the time, where like you get one person. Uh, if you're a jerk, you get someone's fetch land, and then you get to play their land or whatever it is, their tutor piece, their combo piece, whatever, and then everyone kind of plays around it till it's dead. So that's fine. Get got, gets you a card cool
0: yeah i, I mean uh even mind sensor has existed for a long time and while this is better than even mind sensor it's not like crazy significantly better i think that's yeah. a pretty good benchmark for how we should be evaluating this card yeah
1: and and to be fair even mind Sensor sees play in seventeen point five thousand deck lists on edh rec so that's not that's nothing to scoff at that's pretty big like that that's pretty ubiquitous play in the format
0: but nobody was saying that even mind sensor was broken or...
1: exactly like just because like i get to steal a card from your deck in like a gotcha moment it's also very possible that you draw this and never get to steal a card it's like tutors are something that not every play group likes to play with mm-hmm. so yeah like our play
0: group is pretty, pretty relatively
1: light on tutors yeah light on tutors usually the tutors are in the decks that get jank yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how a lot of play groups seem to do it. So this is obviously a great card, but it's like not that great, is how I would say it. It's not going to break the
0: format. It is worth noting that if you have a Marilyn of the Mournsong deck, you you need to put this in there.
1: So Marilyn of the Mournsong players can't draw cards, and then at the beginning of each player's upkeep, they search their library for a card and put it into their hand. For it's a two three for three.
0: That's right. Yep.
1: And uh, hey, if you got this out, that you you get all the cards. Woo. Ooh. yeah very good so auto include I, I, it is an auto include in that list yeah so next one this is the black nine mana sorcery this is profane transfusion uh so six black 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 two target players exchange life totals you create an xx colorless horror artifact creature token where x is the difference between those players life totals well how do you feel about this card
0: uh i mean i don't want to pay full retail for it oh yeah for sure i'll tell you that much um but if you're running say like maybe a less competitive crick deck yeah where you're willing to like front the six mana but you will regain all the life you've been paying yeah uh, and get a, a huge dude That seems like it could be sweet. If you're running Yenit, Cryptic Sovereign, and you can set it up so that you flip into this, that's also pretty sweet. Yeah,
1: that's pretty big game.
0: Uh, And then naturally, this is a huge spell for Jaleva. Kind of want to like make a revised Jaleva deck just with all the big boom booms we're getting in this set.
1: Yeah, we've gotten a lot. I mean, in this set and well, I can actually think of too many big sources, but this set in particular has got some like some oomph. Yeah, which is great i'm gonna try and play this in some basically black lists that play with their life total
0: pretty narrow but you know it's a fun splashy card
1: yeah exactly so this next one is the last black card for today it is zat's will four black for an instant so five cmc choose one if you control a commander as you cast this spell you may choose both each opponent sacks a creature they control with the greatest power exile all cards from all opponents graveyards then create x01 black thrall creature tokens where x is the greatest power among creature cards exiled this way so uh, there's going to be a cycle of these they're all legendary cards from the set or legendary creatures will from the set they happen in listed order so everyone if you control your commander everyone sacks the creature with the greatest power and then they exile their graveyards so you it like let's say they have an 8-8 on the field nothing in the graveyard you are going to get eight thralls so that works out pretty well for you I don't know this is kind of underwhelming for me it like can be a lot of sack fodder i don't know how you feel about this
0: just based on comparison with similar cards this seems really overcosted. crackling doom is red white black for an instant deals two damage to each opponent each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control soul shatter just printed in zendikar rising is two in a black each opponent sacrifices a creature or Planeswalker with the highest converted mana cost among creatures and Planeswalkers they control. So really, I would expect to pay about three mana for this effect. And honestly, like I wasn't really like putting Crackling Doom or Soul Shatter in decks. No. So, so I would be willing to pay three mana for this effect. I'm not willing to pay five. That's yeah. too much.
1: So we're in red cards now. Woo. This one is Ember Wild Captain, a 4-2 Jin Pirate for three in a red. So CMC4. When he enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. Whenever an opponent attacks you while you're the Monarch, Ember Wild Captain deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand. So you sudden impact them when they attack you. That could be a lot of damage. It could not be a lot of damage. And it definitely wouldn't deter me from being the Monarch if mm-hmm. I just have to hit them with a flyer.
0: That being said, this is a cheap Monarch card and mm-hmm. it's kind of free to run in like pirate lists.
1: Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the fact that this is a pirate saves it. Like this went from being a card that like I probably don't care about to being a card that I'm probably going to put in some of these pirate decks if I make any of the ones we've talked about.
0: Yeah, the creature type line is just so important for getting cards into the format. And and tribal decks are yeah. important for making that happen too. But yeah, I would happily run this in a pirate deck because the Monarch is fun and it's pretty low cost to run a card like this. Yep.
1: Yeah, and it replaces itself the turn you cast it. So yeah. That's great. So this is another in the will cycle. This is Jessica's will. Two and a red for a sorcery. Choose one. If you control your commander. choose both. Add red for each card in target opponent's hand. Exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. Sealing Song sees play in about 7,000 decks on EDH rec. This is probably going to be better than that, I would say, especially turn three. There's probably going to yeah. be someone with like six seven cards in hand that's just my experience it's not very often that on turn three players have like emptied their hand on the battlefield and even if it is only seething song it's another seething song yeah it's a three mana get five seething song is pretty good so that just on its own seems good being able to like crank out your commander pretty quickly seems pretty good on top of late game drawing a bunch of cards or both i like this guy i like this card
0: there are a couple of red decks with expensive but very powerful commanders. That this is really going to help you power out. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking like Atali. I'm thinking like Goto Bandit, Warlord. I'm thinking Neheb, the Eternal. All of those are great to get on the board as soon as possible. So this will help you do that. And then, of course, if you draw it late game when you're flooded out, it's just like draw three cards pretty much.
1: Yep. Yeah, and uh, there's just so little downside to it. It Yeah, it's
0: mana when you need it, cards when you don't.
1: Yeah, it's just a great red card, and uh, that's something that I was hoping to get in the set. Yeah. So, cool.
0: I'll I'll pick up a handful of these.
1: Yeah. This next card is Port Razor. This is a 4-4 Orc Pirate for 3 and 2 red, so CMC 5. When port razor deals combat damage to a player untap each creature you control after this combat phase there's an additional combat phase port razor can't attack a player it has already attacked this turn Uh, so this is a mythic it is hilarious Uh, on the surface it's i think it's fine i think it's good but uh it is notable that it goes infinite with like kiki jiki or splinter twin or copy effects
0: Flame Rush Rider,
1: would that work? Flame Rush Rider, yeah, because as long as it's attacking, you could attack another player with that one.
0: Or, or you can even just, it's its not doing the action of attacking, it's being put into play tapped and attacking. So it, you don't even have to worry about the restriction.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, Port Razor, you can combo with it.
0: Yeah, I, I like that we're moving towards being uh, less reliant on other colors for Kiki-Jiki combos.
1: Yes, I do like that too.
0: Yeah, because prior to this, it was just the Zealous Conscripts, but now you got a second option, and there might be another on the way.
1: I guess we'll talk about it when we talk about that other card. Yeah. It seems like they're pushing Red in a direction in regards to Commander.
0: Yes, uh, I think we'll do like a, a really quick like summary or like impressions yes. of the first week.
1: Yeah, um, and then we'll do an overall impressions next time. Now is another of the nine mana cycle. This is Soulfire Eruption. It is a six red, red, red for a sorcery. Choose any number of targets. For each of them, exile the top card of your library. This card deals damage to them equal to that card CMC. You may play the exiled cards until the end of your next turn. This is so many cards. Mm-hmm. This is insane. You can just like point at it like that one, that one, you. That one, that one, you, you, you me, me. You know, like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Any number of targets. And then you either kill the things or you don't. Either way, you get the cards basically for a turn or two turns. If I can cheat this out, I'm ecstatic. If I don't, at least I have next turn to go crazy with it. I just think this is great.
0: This seems like a really sweet card in Jaleva. If you're running like a low-powered mizics list, it seems good there, and then if you're running to head the eternal, like this is a really good. I mean, it's you this know, this is a great sink. For once you mana. get rolling, yeah, it it gives you something to do with all your mana.
1: Yeah, and that deck honestly like runs out of things to do with its yeah. mana really often. It's crazy. It's just so much in your mono red. So yeah, I'm really I'm high on this card. This is a great splashy mythic.
0: All it, right, another sick red card coming up. Yep, wheel of misfortune. Two in a red for sorcery. Each player secretly chooses a number then reveal those numbers. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the greatest chosen number to each player that chose it. Then, each player who didn't choose the smallest number discards their hand, then draws seven cards. So, a little bit of Goblin game, a lot of Wheel of Fortune. I think this card is sweet.
1: Yeah, this is really cool. Notable you have to play some mind games but you're not guaranteed to get someone to discard their hand if they don't want to
0: yeah so if you have an opponent that's like sculpting their hand the entire game uh they can just bid zero yeah and then and then they get to keep it unlike wheel of fortune where you are able to disrupt your opponents with it Mm -hmm. um
1: so that like weird little bit of utility isn't there but in general this is going to just be wheel of fortune if you are a wheel deck just don't pick zero yeah You're fine and your opponents can go crazy with although Mm -hmm.
0: if you're playing Nekusar, like all your opponents probably just gonna pick zero.
1: Oh yeah. No, if I was playing Nekusar and I had this in my deck, I would pick zero a lot of the time. Just because like they're probably gonna pick zero and if we all pick zero, everyone pitches.
0: (laughs) Oh, right. but it's each player who didn't choose the smallest number. So I think everyone.
1: Oh, everyone would get around it. Oh, oh.
0: but if you're running like the if you're running at one that cares about you drawing like the Locust God. Yeah, then it's a good Then it's totally fine. Yeah,
1: that's true. So, yeah, actually a wheel that's bad in Nekusar, but good in all the other ones. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Super cool. And we've gotten to the green cards and there's some like uh, I'll talk about it as we get through it. This first one is uh, a doozy. It's a mythic. It's Apex Devastator. It is a 10-10 Chimera Hydra for 10 mana, 8 green-green. It has... This is what it says. Cascade, 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 cascade. Uh, So you cascade four times. So first opinion, that's hilarious. Second opinion, this is really big. Uh, Third opinion, you'd need to cast it to get the cascade. So you can't like reanimate it. Yeah. it sucks. Last thought I had was like, you're getting a lot of cards off this if you do cast it, but your 10 mana in green can just like come all we talked about earlier.
0: You can yeah, s- you you can can yeah, you can you Primal can Surge. You can Tooth and Nail there's a lot of and Crater half. There's a lot of stuff that just wins. You can Finale of Devastation for the Crater Huff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah. there's a lot of things that let you win. So <laughs> this is a lot of value. It's a big guy, but...
0: I would yeah. play it in Gargos... If, yep. you, if i'm only paying six for it for my ten ten that cascades four times that's a little more attractive
1: yeah it just sucks when you hit the
0: the x cost hydras yeah yeah i, I figure it you'll get like you know maybe two one to two hydras yeah. it's still good
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's true uh and it's huge so next card is kamal's will this is a four mana instant three in a green Choose one, if you have your commander, choose both. Until end of turn, any number of target lands you control become 1-1 elemental creatures with Vigilance, Indestructible, and Haste. They're still lands. And choose target creature you don't control. Each creature
0: you control deals
1: damage equal to its power to that creature.
0: This is hilarious. Explain to me how this is not a red card.
1: Yeah, no, I... I, uh, If you have your commander out, you just kill a creature for four mana. Yeah. I don't, I don't you deal damage equal to target creature equal to your lands which is literally a red card. Yep. There's multiple red cards that do that. I, I okay.
0: It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's all right. Green gets to do everything. That's Green fine. gets to do everything. Oh. I was
1: going to put this in my jewel roll list sure. which animates lands and every now and then like you have like your earth surge and like your stuff on board but like you don't have her or she costs like 15 or something heinous mm-hmm. so like having other ways to animate the lands has been really good in that deck so this is pretty good for that and then having the oingo boingo just kill something that's in the way <laughs> isn't bad either do you want to read the next one
0: court of bounty to green green for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield you become the monarch at the beginning of your upkeep you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield if you're the monarch, instead you may put a creature or land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Um, yeah, that's fine. This is fine. I think the
1: the the fail safe on this is great. If you're the monarch, you drew cards, so it replaces itself. If you can keep being the monarch, you keep drawing cards, so you can keep putting lines. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, and... even just like ramping a land every turn, getting an yeah. extra land drop every turn seems fine. Yeah, I'm into that. Pretty I... pretty low floor. Yeah, I'm pretty high floor rather. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I... I'm a fan of this card, and uh, I imagine other people will be too. Um, so this next one is Magus of the Order, another in the Magus cycle. Magus of the Order is a 3-3 human wizard for 2 and 2 green. It has green, tap, sacrifice, Magus of the Order, and another green creature. Search your library for a green creature card, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle How do you feel about this guy?
0: It continues the tradition of magi mostly being not good
1: yeah yeah most of the magi are not good
0: and the reason they have been bad is because they tend to give up the advantages of their original card types like in the ones modeled on lands artifacts and enchantments you know lands artifacts and enchantments are generally harder to kill than creatures and also like for the ones modeled on sorceries such as this one you're giving up like the instantaneous nature of like okay i cast this and it happens or something where you have to wait a whole turn.
1: Yeah, someone who's played a lot with Magus of the Wheel kind of sucks when your boy dies. Yeah. Kind of sucks a little bit. So, this uh definitely can be strong. There's a lot of black green lists and a lot of green lists that just want to get their crater hoof or whatever. That this is just another kind of more fair way to do that, but it's much more fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is
1: much more fair.
0: I mean, there's so many better alternatives than this if you're trying to cheat something yes. big green donk onto the battlefield. Oh, yeah. Maybe if I was in a commander that granted haste, like if I was in a... I was in like um Samut or um maybe
1: Xenagos. Oh, no. Because yeah. then you, you don't have the thing to give it.
0: Yeah, never mind. Just, just like Samut then. Yeah. Maybe.
1: That's probably the best place for this, yeah.
0: But it's just not a very good card because there's just so many better options.
1: We only have one more green card for the day and then I don't have much to say about it. So, yeah. This is Root Weaver Druid. It is a 2-1 Elf Druid for a 2 and a green. When Root Weaver Druid enters the battlefield, each opponent may search their library for up to three basic land cards. They each put one of the cards onto the battlefield tapped under your control, and the rest on the battlefield tapped under their control. Then each player who searched their library this way shuffles it. The only really notable thing about this is that like this gets way better in like a bigger game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this... The difference between playing this in a four-player game and a six-player game is, like, so massive. <laughs> Definitely escalates the game in the same way that, like, Belby does. But uh, that one you can kind of abuse and you can kind of build around. This is just one of the cards in the 99. It ramps your opponent's to two mana. I don't know. I'm not going to play this, probably.
0: Uh, I don't love this. It's hard to count on it, and it, like, really helps your opponents. Like, they get to untap their lands and use them.
1: And they pick what you get.
0: So I'm I'm not in love with this card. I probably wouldn't run it. Yeah.
1: And my guess is we're going to see it in people's like group, group hug, hug. list. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm assuming. So this next card is, is, we're in the artifacts now. It is Blade Griff Prototype. It is a 3-2 flyer for five mana. It's an artifact creature, Griffin. Whenever Blade Griff Prototype deals combat damage to a player, destroy target non-land permanent of that player's choice that one of your
0: opponents controls.
1: Most of the time you hit someone with it they go oh blow that up it's something that either they want dead or usually the table's gonna want dead as I'm assuming
0: the the line I'm imagining is like hey if I hit you for three will you blow up that uh, great hench yeah yeah
1: this is a great example of a politics card honestly and then the fact that like when it is down to one on one it works still like you go like all right what permanent do you want to blow up of yours <laughs> like that is great because a lot of times with these cards they get bad. When it's just you and an opponent. And this one doesn't. Like, they blow up their worst thing, but they still blow up their worst thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's still doing some work for you, even in the late game. Where would I play this? I guess that's the first question I should ask.
0: Well, it's the best Griffin of all time for your Zuberry Golden Feather deck.
1: <laughs> I know everyone with the Zuberry. Decks is just raising their hands. Yeah. In the air. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Other than that, I think it'll find its way into colorless decks and mm-hmm. like artifact heavy monocolor decks. It seemed like it might be good in, say, Perforos 2.0. Yeah. Just like giving it haste is pretty good. Similarly, uh, Urbrask grants haste. Felden can get it down a little bit earlier, give yeah. it haste. Kijiki makes a token copy with haste and, you know, you can get multiple triggers per turn after that. Seems good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in general, I like this card. Like, I'm gonna try and find places to play it. This next one is called Horizon Stone. It is a rare artifact, cost five. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. Where would you play this card? Like, why? Why would you want this card?
0: I don't know if I do want this card.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
0: Like, uh, I mean, I was pretty down on Leyline Tyrant when that came out in uh, Zendikar Rising. And it, my, I think my skepticism was borne out because Leyland Tyrant has seen... Almost pretty, no adoption. Yeah, very yeah. little. This is even more expensive, which means you have to expect to save even more mana. And it's like, what deck are you playing that will pass the turn with five unspent mana and just not be able to use it? Or just a bunch of unspent mana that it can't use? Yeah, Neheb... but honestly like once you're like rolling with Neheb you can probably just win like you it's not the mana that's the problem it's the gas
1: yeah exactly because I was thinking like the one place I actually would want to play Leyline Tyrant is Nakai of the Old Ways so like a five mana, five, five, you can't cast non-creature spells, but double your mana, basically like Mana Flare for yourself. That's the place I'd play Leyland Tyrant because it's just like, but that's that's it. I wouldn't play Horizon Stone in that list. Like that's way worse. Yeah. When Leyland Tyrant dies and you do have all that mana, you can kill something. With this, this dies, you go, oh no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh no, Dang my, it. my 12 mana. And yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. Take a look at what card is next. Yes,
1: I I see it. I I can see it. Um. So this next card is Jeweled Lotus. This is a Mythic Rare artifact. It costs zero. It has tap, sacrifice Jeweled Lotus, add three mana of any one color. Spend this mana only to cast your commander. Would you like to uh, begin the uh, the uh, discussion here?
0: Sure. I'll I'll throw the first punch. Yeah. I am really not a fan of this card I yes. don't want it to exist we've talked on the show before I think that the format would probably be better if mana crypt and soul ring were not legal I don't like what fast mana like this enables it kind of just leads yeah. to non-games it's not especially fun if your opponent is able to get down their commander on like turn one.
1: Oh yeah uh, and then just
0: go off from there while you're you know your turn one is nothing and your turn two is arcane signet
1: yes no i totally agree i think that my biggest gripe with this card is like i understand i think i am accurately assessing its power level there are going to be games where you bust out your commander turn one it dies you can't cast it for extra long whatever that's not what i'm worried about what i'm worried about is like there is nothing about this card that is fun There is nothing about this card that is going to lead to like enhanced gameplay. Everything about this card is a feel bad from like the price tag on it to the game patterns that it like pushes. So it's not that this card is so busted it's going to break the format. It's not that this card is a menace and it's going to make people quit or anything like that. It's just that like there's literally no way that this card can impact a game in a positive way. Yeah. And that sucks. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, this definitely doesn't go in every deck. There's, yeah. I can point to a bunch of my decks that it just doesn't make sense in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've got a Kestia deck and that deck, you know, kind of requires some setup. Ideally, I am playing uh, enchantment creatures on turns one, two, and three. So like powering. And of course, like it's a four CMC commander with three colors. So mm-hmm. the benefit is not huge off of this.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But there are like you know, a bunch of decks I have where it would be really messed up. Like, yeah. getting my Naheb down on turn two and, like, starting the combo on turn three.
1: Yeah, I wish this existed. Uh, I ran all the fast mana cards in my, like, Arjun deck. I wish this existed when I had that deck together, because the problem with that deck is you need a six mana permanent before you can start doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get my cards back. I don't care about cards in hand. So, like, that that would have been great like so many of my lists it would have been great i had a zero in of the claw list with like big red dragons you can't start playing till your five mana commanders down like playing them on turn one or two yeah changes the whole dynamic of the game like there's so many commanders I, I know it's not every commander that is like oh heck yeah put that lotus in here but it's enough of them that it's going to uh maintain the price tag and the difference between like a turn one Talrand and a turn four Talrand is insane. Yeah. Incredible. Like there's just some commanders that it's completely absurd with. Yeah. Like you're just off to the races in a way that no one is going to be able to compete with. And those are probably going to be non games. And that's what I mean. Like it's going to be a non game. People aren't going to have a good time. And then what you shuffle up and hope they don't draw their Lotus. Like, Mm -hmm. like it's not a good thing.
0: Don't, Want this card to exist? Yeah.
1: There. So there was one. This is kind of to bring up. There's a lot of discourse about this card on Twitter, on Reddit, on the internet at large, Tumblr, wherever. I think one of the interesting points, and I think one of the debates about this card is there are some people that they're talking about fast mana, and they're like, "Do we want all the fast mana that already exists to be the only fast mana that exists?" And obviously, me and Nick land on the side of like, "Yes, we don't want any more fast mana. Fast mana is bad for the game." But there are people in the world that are like, no, I would like for them to print more fast mana. Like this shouldn't be the only fast mana that exists. So I think that's the biggest divide on this card at this point now. Like I think that's the most reasonable argument that someone can make, even though I think it's just like a blight on the game in general. Yeah. <laughs> like I just don't think fast mana is good for the game. And it, yeah, yeah. There's only so many fast mana cards. I don't really think there should be more. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Okay. I think
0: it's okay that we haven't cards at this power level in a long time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just everything about it. It's gonna, it's it's FOMO. Like you, if you don't buy the set, you don't get the Lotus. It's FOMO because like, like imagine I sit down at a shop and this guy's like, "Yeah, I have like a pretty fair deck. Has like one fast mana card in it." And then they go like, "Turns one jeweled Lotus commander." I'm gonna feel like they lied to me, even though the rest of their deck might be totally reasonable and totally fine.
0: Yeah, there's enough variance in the format this is not the kind of variance that we want
1: yes exactly like
0: we're 100 card singleton okay we're gonna have very different games every time but the variance should be determined by like which cards you draw what card you see like it shouldn't be the kind of variance where like either this card wins me the game single-handedly or does
1: or does nothing yeah yeah no i completely agree with that i think that's the the take that i mean obviously that's the take we have we just said it but it's it just i am upset
0: I don't fully understand like the reason for printing this card. I think that I feel like this set was going to draw plenty of people without needing to yeah. print this chase particular chase method. Well, and also like like the, everyone seemed pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, and there's also just reprints that were gonna draw attention. Like Vampiric Tutor is gonna get a reprint in the set. Scroll rack. Scroll rack is gonna get a reprint. Like they they were if you listen to our decelerating the format episode, these are things that we mentioned and it was like, Oh, cool, they're doing them, they're putting them in this set like the fact that this was inserted in seems like superfluous like it just doesn't seem like it was necessary um but on that note we only have three more cards to talk about so unless there's anything else you want to get to
0: uh we'll try to be quick yeah there's not too much to say about the last few guys all right uh this next one is phyrexian triniform nine mana for a nine nine golem when it or artifact creature golem when it dies, create three, three, three colorless golem artifact creature tokens, and then it has Encore for 12. And just a reminder, Encore is you can pay 12 and exile this card from your graveyard, and for each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able, with it has haste, and you sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And you can only Encore as sorcery.
1: Yes, so you get a big 9-9, nine, nine, the 9-9 nine, nine dies and gets you three threes. You can Encore and get presumably a ton of three threes. Where would you play this? I mean, this, uh, honestly, this card's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. This card's sweet. There are a couple of good commanders that can cheat the, the cost pretty easily. If you're running like a red reanimator or sneak attack style deck, like Felden, Perforos, Duretti, all of them can pretty easily get this into your yard just via rummaging effects. And then Felden and Duretti can do that pretty easily and then reanimate it. Perforos can just drop it into play, swing with it, get your three threes for the low, low price of three mana.
1: I know. Crazy. Uh
0: and then Whisper, Blood Liturgist, is another good commander that can uh just keep spinning, keep yeah tossing it in and out of your graveyard and accruing value the whole time.
1: Yeah, I love like Worm Coil engine and lists that can really make use of the tokens like that. And this is obviously like in a Whisper list or a, a list with Whisper. It's it's like that on crack. You're getting so much more power and like a nine nine is so much more beef that's like a quarter of someone's life total Mm -hmm. so crazy really cool just like a really cool splashy big mythic guy so now we got some lands this first one is really interesting it's war room so war room is a land it taps for colorless and it has three tap pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity draw a card so obviously if you're in a colorless list you uh don't you don't pay mana uh, and if you're in just a monocolor list, you just pay one life, and then it gets worse the more colors you have. I mean, this, I'm, g- I'm gonna put this in red and white decks. Mm-hmm. Red and white decks want this card. Yep. Um, three to draw a card in like a red list is great. Three to draw a card in a white list is great, especially after like a uh, wrath or a mind slicer or a whatever it possibly could have been. And the fact that it just sits in your lands, makes mana when you need it, and then when you, uh, gotta cash in you can yes yeah. great seems good yeah there's not really much to say about it
0: all right last thing we're going to talk about is just the cycle of enemy colored battled lands um these are lands that end of the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents and they've got the five enemy colored ones um not much to say here other than they are likely to be new format staples pick yep. them up if you can
1: yep and so now just briefly what is your first impression like three and a half hours that we've just covered (laughs) of cards like what how are you feeling about the set the commanders uh anything that sticks out to you
0: going into this i was really on the lookout for strong white cards like gavin Verhey. he specifically said there will be strong white cards so i don't feel like i have really seen them yet i've seen Mm -hmm. keeper of the accord everything else just seems like more sort of
1: more I mean, normal white stuff yeah, yeah
0: nothing that's like okay this is a white staple from here on in the way that like skyclave apparition was yeah in zendikar rising
1: yeah because we got like a wrath that doesn't hit commanders like a cool sword like some like slow wrath protection like nothing like out of the ordinary Yeah, it, like these are all things that like white gets yeah in a
0: normal set we still have not seen the white mythic partner. We still haven't seen the white nine mana sorcery, although I don't know if I would count on the nine mana sorcery the, to,
1: to bring it on home for us. Yeah,
0: to save white. So we'll we'll see. I don't feel like that expectation has been met yet. Well, I'm hoping that'll be proven wrong in the next week of spoils. Yeah. But I've been really pleasantly surprised with all the red stuff the red commanders printed in this so cool really awesome
1: yeah so cool
0: uh and a lot of the new red cards are powerful but they seem like they are concentrating the power in combo yeah. type effects like a new wheel of fortune a powerful ritual a combo enabler with Kihijiki, a couple more things well
1: even just like jessica is like if you have infinite mana you that's like a good combo enabler there Clark, the Rogra, Rogra, Rograk. There you mm-hmm. go, that guy's name finally. Like, that's basic that's more or less a combo card. Like, even just within the the just red cards and the red commanders themselves, like they're really pushing the, the pirates that go infinite with like a Glenhorn Buccaneer, like
0: Oh, Elena like, being a infinite mana. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: so there's it, it really does seem like they're um kind of pushing red in that direction. They kinda realized that they they can do that
0: yeah that like red kind of can't compete in just the grinding out card advantage or like overwhelming ramp superiority yes but i i'm okay with this i i like the red combo play style because you're not really able to interact well with your opponents it feels i mean it feels fair it feels like i can't really answer what you're doing So I'm just going to do my own thing and hopefully that'll be enough.
1: Yeah, I I do like that too. And that's feels really red. It's like, well, I don't care what you're doing. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing it. Can you stop me? (laughs) Yeah.
0: What you're doing sounds kind of boring. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I've been super into that. The only other real note I want to say is like, I knew there'd be splashy mythics and stuff like that, but the partners, especially the uncommon partners, I'm, been super happy with and also the the non-partner commanders that we've seen so far like for the most part and i'm gonna probably put my foot in my mouth not that many just like straight up good stuff commanders uh not that many straight up good stuff well i don't really think there's really any one good stuff partner in this go around for the most part like even the guys that just draw cards you got to build around somehow mm-hmm. so i'm Which really guys draw cards? the scry guy oh yeah sure and the um black guy where you sack a bunch to draw two and Mm -hmm. like there's just a bunch of like there's card advantage like tevesh sat has card advantage if you sack cards and stuff but like it's fair really fair the best part about tevesh sat is that you have another commander with him Mm -hmm. like that's that's pretty good but like the fact like dargo like dargo exists now oh i love seven five pirate yeah like that card is insane and it's but in a good way and like all this stuff it doesn't like they didn't really give green too many crazy absurd things other than that like weird image spell like kamal is like fine overall power level and like where things are going with the exception of like the white cards like you mentioned i've been kind of like pleasantly surprised i would say i'm like really excited to actually play with a lot of these cards and for the most part it doesn't look like anything format breaking <laughs> mm-hmm. is really going to be dropped into the format because like as much as I hate Jeweled Lotus, it's not going to destroy commander. Yeah. it It's, it just sucks. It just sucks that the card exists. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah. I see Jeweled Lotus as very similar to Mana Vault. I think that they are used in very similar or going to be yeah. used in very similar ways. Yeah, And Mana Vault isn't, I mean, it's very good in a number of decks, but Again, it's not going to break the format.
1: Yeah, I want to see how many, or how many decks in it's decks. in. Yeah. Yeah. 37,000 decks. So that's a decent amount. And it's played in decks that I w- will probably play Jeweled Lotus in, honestly. It's like Godot, Urza, Arkham Dagson, Teferi, Temporal Archmage.
0: Urza, Daredi.
1: Yeah, like Circu. This is hilarious. I, pro- I would probably play it in Circu, too, to get things going faster. And I think that's what we're gonna see. It's just like kinda of lame that we're getting something like that again. Yep. Yeah. But if you're here, if you're with us, congratulations. We're this was a very long episode even for us, uh, especially to record. Uh you can't see, we're we're sweating. We've gone through all of our provisions. There's a, a pile of garbage in the corner. It, 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 it send help. But you made it. Uh you probably comfy in your car. Or your house listening studying wherever you're doing doing dishes uh and thank you thank you so much for getting this far
0: make sure you hydrate get some rest because we're gonna have another episode of similar length in a week
1: yep um but then we're done and then we have some more cool stuff so yeah do you want to Thank the patrons, and then we'll head out.
0: Sure. Uh, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The Whiteclays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kevin, Kydell, and Jeremy. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.